If you're looking to start a podcast and already have a podcast and you're looking for an affordable podcasting hosting site, Podbeam is your number one choice. Podbeam offers statistics with in-depth analytics to manage your podcast needs. Use the promo code podbeam.com slash pbsignup and get a free month off. That's podbeam.com slash pbsignup to get a free month off and see why 1,500 episodes have been shared all over the world in the past 11 years with over 3,000 subscribers that have chose Podbeam as their number one hosting site. Podcast City Network. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Everest Lee Show. Damn. Blow my freaking eardrums out ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the everett lee show podcast i am the everett lee shout out to everyone who follows me on social media and on podcast city network your official host and official site of the everett lee show podcast llc tonight on the program i just want to mention that the state of florida is at midnight we on lockdown man we are on lockdown on the state of florida tonight at midnight man (laughs) it's nuts it's nuts but you know what they're doing what everything else is doing here (laughs) besides that got a great show tonight and also i want to mention that you can Follow, like, share, and download the Everett Lee Show right there on the screen. Podbeam, Search Radio, iTunes, and iHeart Radio. Tonight I have on the program, he's back. We, we just can't stay apart. Me and, me and my guest tonight cannot stay apart. We like, we like peanut butter and jelly. We like glue and wood and nails. Tonight, back on the program tonight is none other than host of the Chris Carnage Show and Final Score. Welcome back, Chris Carnage. What's up, Chris? Hey, fans. <laughs> back here for another exciting episode of the Everett Lee Show, episode 178, Carnage Mania Top 5. And, you know, it's been exciting. We've been doing this more lately. You came on Chris Carnage Show. I'm here for the Everett Lee Show. It's always a good, exciting time. I'm here to shake things up, and I'm super excited because we have so many manias. I even went and pulled out a bunch of my Mania DVDs in preparation for this. Oh, like, shit. I'm so prepped. Yeah, yeah. Can't touch me, WWE Network. I already have it all. So, <laughs> just saying. But at the end of the day, I'm really excited. It's going to be good stuff. Yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be good because what we'll be discussing and talking about tonight is top five WrestleMania pay-per-views pay-per-views not main events pay-per-views and the way we did this is just it, it was tough man this was freaking tough was it oh, not? ridiculously tough ridiculously tough like to honestly try and parry down 35 wrestlemanias down to a, to a top five is already hard and to try and go down even further and classify those into a top five it, it's this was this was crazy because you know, you're a huge wrestling fan. I'm a huge wrestling fan. Excuse me. And I, I've been involved in the industry. You've been involved in the industry. Mm-hmm. It, it's really hard, especially given how much these athletes pour themselves into their body of work. I know I did. I did it to the point where I broke my back. So it's it, it was really hard to do this, man. But we did it nonetheless. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty. I mean, we we did it. I mean, we've. That's uh, what she said. <laughs> we did. I couldn't it. help myself. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> That's okay. you open the door. Chris Carnage walks through. It, it's just how it how it works. <laughs> of course, of course it is, man. I open that door up and we just walk right through. But um, pretty much, uh, we we have a lot of time on our hands. Like I mentioned uh, tonight, yeah. midnight. Florida's going on lockdown, man. We going on yeah. lockdown. We gotta That's be, right. We gotta be like Snake from Escape from New York here pretty soon. Actually, I think everyone from New York was like him here recently. Getting that, getting the hell out of there, man. No one wanted to oh, stay yeah. around there. And they're coming down this way. So our governor like blocked everything off. And pretty much Florida's gonna like break off and float out in the ocean. It's gonna be like Escape from L.A. <laughs> We might be safer that way, but I don't know. With how quickly uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen, spreading in South Florida, I don't know. But I don't know. All this stuff has been uh, has been pretty crazy, and but you know, one beautiful thing of it is I've had a lot more time to do some podcasting. So uh, a lot of fun stuff, including some things going on here soon. I guess I'll go ahead and say it now. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Chris Carnage though has uh, a few exciting things coming up. Uh, some interviews coming up with some local indie talent. Ooh. Excuse me, as well as. Uh, interviews with some uh, other podcast hosts that everybody knows near and dear to the Podcast City Network family. So it's uh, going to be interesting for Chris Carnage so coming here soon. So definitely make sure that you keep your eyes out on all things Chris Carnage on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Chris Carnage official on Twitter at Planet Carnage and of course on Instagram at the Chris Carnage. So definitely go check me out. Give me a like, give me a follow and check out all the craziness that I get into and look forward for those future episodes as well. Cause I, Chris Carnage is like Santa Claus. I come bearing gifts all the time. Final score has some exciting things going on. I can't get into too much detail, but let's just say that uh, me and Craig had a very nice uh, video conference earlier today about our upcoming episode with someone else that we're bringing on. So it's going to be very interesting. Definitely make sure you keep your eyes out. There will be an announcement as soon as tomorrow. All you have to do to see that announcement is go on to any of our social media outlets on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at PCN Final Score and just wait for that announcement. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what what you guys have in store. I'm trying to get my graphics up. Because well, I thought you were trying to say you're going to get your groove on. I was like, hey, calm down. I know we're in lockdown, but please, sir. Please, sir, calm down. This is how children are made. I know. I know. I know how I know how children are made. I mean, yeah. I was to say, you're, you're versed in that. You know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much. But not as you. Not as you. You're, you're, more, you're, you're more balls into it than I am. <laughs> well, balls deep, maybe. But I tell you what. Four kids deep, and here I am. So, yeah, no, no, no. The Chris Carnage baby making factory is shut down for business. Shut down, man. It is shut down. It has All to be, or I'm going to start losing appendages soon. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, let's let's take a look at what's going on in the chat right here. David C. Russell from Death Match Russell Podcast. Yeah. Hello, David C. Everybody. Russell. And hello, Chris Carnage. Boo. Ah, yes. Oh, what are you like having a spasm for being in? Um, I would say you okay over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, boo. Ah, yeah. Awesome. This <laughs> is like, ooh, ah, ah. I'm about to say, we're reverting to caveman days now. 
<laughs> that's how that's how they're that's how they're dumbing us down with everything going on. <laughs> and now they're getting us to stay at home in our caves. Yeah, yeah. Coincidence? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be running out of my house like Captain Caveman. I'm gonna have that. Oh my god, Captain Caveman. Oh. Or you could end up like uh, that one movie. What was it? Uh, uh, with Brendan Fraser when he was a caveman and oh, thawed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Isino Man. Isino Man. I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isino Man. Yeah. If um anyone drives by drives by my house during this lockdown and then you see Everett Lee out in the front yard wearing a line cloth, paint all over me, and I'm frying a frog on my front porch, <laughs> please approach with caution. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That was oddly specific. So what if I see you uh, frying something else up? Is it okay at that point? Yeah. Um, that as long as be, I keep my six feet social distancing? Yeah. long as, um, long as you know, <laughs> I, 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 I got to have something for my cataracts. So um, I have my cataracts, baby. Yeah, I got to have something for my cataracts. <laughs> but <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about this top five wrestle wrestlemania man oh man i pulled out my physical copies just to prepare for this no right i mean you got you got you got a hell of a collection i've seen your dvd collection of wrestlemanias which is fantastic and i love it i love the collection of everything that you have mm, thank you sir speaking we're with wrestlemania this weekend, I believe it is. Is this weekend? They're doing yep. two days. This, uh, yeah, this Saturday and Sunday, uh, it's going to be a two-part event. Now, uh, move to the Performance Center and other unknown locations because WWE did not think it was a good idea to postpone WrestleMania. So here we are. Thanks, Vince. Yep. But you know what? We can reminisce on the classics. The classics to yeah, us. Yeah, buddy. Like I mentioned. It, this list right here, this top five was not easy, was not easy. Me and Chris went back and forth, back and forth with this, trying to figure out, we threw so many numbers at each other of WrestleManias. We, uh, at one point we thought we were an accountants. I thought I was an accountant. I thought I was counting. I almost had about a 33 and a third chance of actually getting a, some that narrowed down to five. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, but we somehow hit that 33 and a third chance. And because we were so awesome that we had 66 and two thirds chance, so we made it happen. But at the end of the day, this was a difficult, difficult list. And we agreed on the five top five WrestleManias. We didn't necessarily agree on the final order. So what we're going to do is we're going to present these in chronological order and then yes. give our top fives at the end. So you want to go ahead and kick it off from the top? Yes, I'll kick it off from the top there, brother. Ooh, brother, brother, yeah. brother, brother. Oh, yeah. Let's talk WrestleMania 3. Let's talk WrestleMania 3 there. That's it right there. Let's get your cam right there. WrestleMania 3. Let's start off with that one. That's right. right. Great show. Great show. Now, with WrestleMania 3, this, this mm-hmm. right here, what drove this... WrestleMania being one of the most talked about WrestleManias was the main event. You had Hulk Hogan defending the WWE Championship against Andre the Giant. That was the That's main right. match. But you also have a hellacious matches that goes along with it. 12, 12 mm-hmm. matches here. 12 matches here. The first match was the Can-Am 
connection. Ricky Martel and Tom Zink going up against Bob Orton and the magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji right there. That right there was your opening match, tag team match there. And oh, it ran for it was a decent match. Yeah, it was. Ricky Ricky Martel, man. God, man. He he was he was on fire. That guy, that guy was on fire back in the day. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he absolutely. And there was so much great stuff with this match, dude. Just because, especially at that time, he had a, a he was getting a decent little push. Uh, ended up being the the opener for WrestleMania three, which was historic. And depending upon what year you talk to Hulk Hogan, it was anywhere from ninety thousand to three hundred and eighty five thousand, brother. So you know you uh, you can't can't know how how many people were there because the number always increases. But either way. <laughs> the uh, the match though itself that I uh, from what I remember watching of it uh, I was really good uh, ended with the uh, Can Am connection going over uh, Bob Orton and uh, the magnificent Morocco so uh, it was great only a five minute five five and a half minute match but honestly it was a real quick pace real nice match real enjoyable opener yeah they didn't they didn't put too much in or and put too little they they did it just right they did it just mm-hmm. right there for that match. A great, great opening match there to get the crowd ready and going for the next 10 matches, 12, 11 matches that were to come. Billy Jack Hayes versus Hercules with Bobby Heenan. And that match right there was a singles match. It ran about 7 minutes and 44 seconds. But mm-hmm. Hercules, man, remember the Heenan family? The Heenan, he had his, uh, he had his people out there. Mr. Uh, Bobby mm-hmm. the Brain Heenan right there. Oh, yeah, and this ended up ending in a double count-out. This match went almost eight minutes. Uh was definitely a uh, one that was more to steer storyline than anything, but uh, still was an entertaining little little match given the time. Yeah, it was It was just a little entertaining match. I mean, not nothing, you know, but... <clears throat> nothing I mean, too extra. No, nothing Nothing too extra. Nothing too extra. I... I liked Hercules. Hercules was freaking like big man. That guy was, Dude, he was massive. Yeah, he was man. This guy was huge. I and yeah, with the double yeah. count out, how this ended with double count out, you're like, what? <laughs> you, and, and you know what's funny? And a lot of people look at Hercules and are like, oh, but he was only like six foot one. And it's like, yeah, he was six foot one, but he weighed two hundred and seventy pounds, and he was like a straight bodybuilder. The dude was just huge. And and I don't know if a lot of people know this. Uh, Hercules was featured in a lot of different muscle magazines just because of how cut his physique was. The dude was just like a brick shit house. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. And he was the perfect guy that Heenan wanted, and Heenan used for his uh he didn't the heenan family there mm-hmm. and uh it it's just it, i don't i don't know what else to say i don't know what else to say about hercules day but this guy was jacked man <laughs> this guy was yeah jacked. he really was it, it was crazy to see how that went but our next match though was an interesting one uh we had a, a six-man tag match lasted only about three and a half minutes this was probably one of the low points of the card honestly mm-hmm. but this was a, a haiti kid hillbilly jim and uh, Little Beaver against King Kong Bundy, Little Tokyo, and Lord Littlebrook. Uh, Haiti Kid, Hillbilly Jim, and Little Beaver ended up going over by disqualification, but this was more of just a filler match. Yeah, uh, It was more just to kind of put King Kong Bundy out there on the stage and Hillbilly Jim as well, more so than anything. But uh, this, was, this wasn't this was really much of anything. No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't. And what a difference from King Kong Bundy being on the third match on the card for this WrestleMania compared to the previous year when he was in the main event with Hulk Hogan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we've seen that happen before. Yeah. So much so much can change within a year, man. So much can change within a year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So much. Our next one was Bobby, or excuse me, Harley Race with Bobby Heenan and the fabulous Moolah going up against the Junkyard Dog. Oh, this match. This was a classic. And it wasn't a long match. No. But this match, honestly, had like... I guess for what WWE would term some nice WrestleMania moments. Yeah. Yeah. They had, they had some nice wrestle. Yeah. Mania moments though. But I'll tell you, I was hoping the junkyard dog man would get in there and he'd, he'd win it. You know, I was, yeah. I was upset. I was upset that he, uh, yeah. he wasn't able to get this one. And, uh, but Bobby Heaton, man, this is make his second time. He's come out already at WrestleMania three. He was out earlier, and he's back out again. But and fit, it wasn't the last time. Nope, nope, was not the last time because. But more on that later. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Dream Team: Brutus Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine with mm-hmm. Dino Bravo and Johnny Valent go up against the. Uh, I don't even know how to say that name. The Ro- Roju brothers. <laughs> the Roju brothers. Yes. The Roju brothers. And I, I don't remember too much about this though, but Brutus, Brutus and Greg, they were, they were pretty much well known. I mean, this, this right here made them more well known. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, when what, they were- what before, you know? Yeah, when they were tagging together as the dream team, it was honestly will help elevate both of them because they were both singles competitors that had a little bit of success but weren't able really to break up high into the main uh, into the main event scene. So they ended up tagging together uh, and found a lot more success, uh, including here where this match was more uh, lined up as a uh, kind of like just a back and forth. It was more supposed to be as a way to build up the dream team uh, going out of WrestleMania three. So uh, seeing them here against the Rougeau brothers uh, between Jacques and Raymond, uh, not too surprised, you know with how this one turned out. It was only a four-minute match, but still was a solid match. Yeah, it was It was still good. It it definitely was still good there. Um, <laughs> you standing up there? <laughs> had, to, had, to, had to grab something. You had to grab something. I was like, what you doing there, man? <laughs> you, you, never, you never know what's going to happen with Chris Carnage. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, He'll, I mean, Brutus Beefcake, great. Greg the Hammer Valentine, great. Now, this next match here, people still talked about this one, Hal, on this card here. You had Rowdy Roddy Piper going up against Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Ha, the mouth of the South, baby. And mm-hmm. this is a hair versus hair match, which went on about six minutes and 33 seconds there. And Adrian Adonis, man. He was he was pretty he was pretty hot too right now. I mean like for mid card status there. But he was so controversial too. That's what I think that's what's made him well known too how he carried himself. Well, that was the big thing is that with his character, uh, it was a very controversial character, which we've seen this type of character show itself up multiple times throughout history, whether it be uh, even people kind of like Goldust or even like Billy and Chuck or you know things of that nature and you get this very over-the-top, very flamboyant character uh, who's able to carry himself very well. Uh, 
this was someone that Rowdy Roddy Piper wanted to work with. He just loved the way he moved. And of course, with uh, Jimmy Hart being in his corner, uh, it was an easy sell with Jimmy. And we knew, me and you know Jimmy personally. We know how he is and mm-hmm. how kind he can be and how easy it is for him to talk people up. And I bet you Jimmy Hart went right into Rowdy's ear and was like, let me tell you something, baby. This guy's up and coming. And I tell you what, he's a good straight shooter and he's going to be able to work the map greater than anybody else you've been against and i bet you jimmy will talk them up good and uh, i think this is how this match happened because roddy ended up being very interested in working with him which led into this uh hair versus hair match which we've seen that done a bunch of times but we knew roddy wasn't going to lose but still it made for a really entertaining match yeah it it did it it made it made for a really good entertaining match and adrian adonis man i cannot believe you know he he lost his hair. He went ahead and he did. He lost his hair and God dang man, <laughs> I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. I didn't know actually to expect what this, but Rowdy, I was like, there's no way he's gonna get his head shaved. And when Adrian lost and got his hair, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just nuts, nuts. But yeah, it was surprising. Good entertainment there. Now, the next match we had on this card, we had. Dangerous Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation with uh, Brett, the Hitman Hart, and Jim Neidhart with Jimmy Hart going up against the British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid and Tito Santana. Mm-hmm. This was a six-man tag, which lasted about eight minutes and 52 seconds here. Now, the mm-hmm. thing about this, the thing about this tag match here was how Matilda did not like Jimmy. Matilda went after Jimmy, and I asked Jimmy Hart, I asked him, I said, why did Matilda not like you? And he told me, and I said, oh, and I'm just going to keep it as that. Um, the dog the dog actually liked Jimmy, but Jimmy was doing a, Jimmy had, let me just say Jimmy had a gimmick up his sleeve there. And he accidentally found out about, and the dog went crazy after him. So we're gonna keep uh, it. We're gonna keep it as that. I'm not giving too much else away. You no, no, no. And I, and I respect Jimmy a lot. Yeah. I, I love Jimmy Hart. You know, the time we've been able to spend with him, amazing human being. So you know, I, I, because it's Jimmy, I'm not gonna press. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna mention. I am definitely not gonna mention what what he mentioned to me. But I will. Maybe, say maybe this. you can tell me after the show. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you, you. You'll be shocked to be like, really? But if you want to find out next time you run into the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, once we get quarantine out of here and we're able to go to appearances and meet and greets, ask him and he'll tell you. But I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's not for us to say. Nope, it's not. But with this match here, the... Heart, the Heart Foundation defeated the British Bulldogs and Davy Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid and Tino Santana. Tino you Santana, know, man, he was hot yeah, too. Tito Santana's pretty good, and honestly, this, this is a pretty underrated tag match. Um, this uh, a lot of guys were either just starting out or just getting going, especially like with the Heart Foundation. They were pretty young at this point, but they were still like in that nice, youthful, inventive stage. Uh, especially working with Dangerous Dan, uh, Danny Davis, who uh, honestly wasn't a, too bad of a worker himself, but uh, <clears throat> was more featured for the Heart Foundation. But on the other side, the British Bulldogs with Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid, huge pairing, and then you mix in Sa- uh, Tito Santana. 
huge, huge matchup. Ended up being a really exciting match and was uh, an almost nine-minute match. So hats off to these guys for having a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was great. It was definitely a great match there. I love it. One of my favorite one of my favorite tag match on this card here. Then we had Butch Reed with Slick going up against <laughs> Coco Beware in a single match, right. which didn't last too long. This match lasted about three minutes and thirty nine seconds. And Butch Reed, man, damn, mm-hmm. this guy went on actually after. WWE and went on to WCW and he he got with Ron Simmons and ended up forming the tag team Doom with Theodore Long, Teddy Long, holla holla player as his manager. So uh yeah, that's my Teddy Long impersonation. <laughs> Sounded pretty good, huh? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. But the thing is, too, is that uh, when he had worked a bunch of different promotions, let's not forget when it comes to Butch Reed, Butch Reed used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. So he came from a football background and was honestly extremely dominant as a player and then ended up entering into the NWA territories, worked FCW, worked Georgia Championship Wrestling, worked Mid-South Wrestling, uh, did all the the big NWA territories and then made it to the WWF uh, around the mid-80s and then made the jump near the end of the 80s uh, to Jim Crockett Promotions and... uh, was able to eventually, you know, like like you said earlier, make that move to WCW. So it's it's really crazy to see the twists and turns he made. And a lot of people don't talk about this guy. Like he honestly was not a bad wrestler, and at that time he was really well respected and being pushed by the company, which is why he had a, a three and a half minute squash match over Coco Beware. Which Coco Beware is one of those synonymous names that you know of, and not necessarily for having crazy matches, but just his persona, his character, everything he did. And we even had him on uh, uh, was it Robin Nelson's Wrestle Podcast before, and a great person. Yeah. Uh, but still, this match was meant to be a squash match which is why butch reed went over yeah pretty much that's pretty much what happened there and it was trying is trying to put him over and that's what eventually ended up happening there he mm-hmm. he squished he squashed coco and then went he on squished him. yeah he squished him he squished him he squished him he squished him now this match right here is the most mm-hmm. one of the most talked about matches on this card next to the main event right here. I'm talking about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat going up against mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah, brother. Macho Madness, Macho Man Randy Savage for the Intercontinental Championship. Ah. With you this. sound like you're so constipated doing that. Oh, I know. I need another drink. Oh, it's Corona. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do with you? <laughs> but either way, so, <laughs> this match is probably the best match on the entire card, wrestling-wise. Uh, had a lot of build-up. was for the Intercontinental Championship uh, with uh, Randy Savage coming in as champion. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, amazing wrestler. Had already, at this point, had great matches uh, all over the place, really, uh, especially in the NWA days. So this, this pairing ended up being probably one of the most iconic matches uh, in WrestleMania history and WWE history and uh, was the longest match on this card at 14 and a half minutes, uh, beat the main event by two and a half minutes. But this match told a wonderful story, uh, was was very well worked, and we saw athleticism in moves that were far ahead of its time, spots that were far ahead of its time, and saw just the amazingness, the, the, the poetic uh, 
just symphony that we saw physically between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Randy Savage. It was just such a great match. Honestly, one of my all-time favorite matches. Yeah, that that this match right here, this match right here is what Brett the Hitman Hart said was the match he always wanted to have and get up to that level because the story, you know the story behind this match here with Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, pretty much pretty much what happened was for the fact that Savage uh, did the whole match and when he wrote down the whole match how it was going to go he gave it to Steamboat Steamboat said what he's like uh, one headlock or lockup and he's like we're already going to do lockup and he's like no and he's like Savage was like this is how we can do it and he was going through re- reading it reading it and he was like oh my god he's like this is great He he he's like okay so what what he what he wrote down is what you saw and Ricky Steamboat ends up damn what's going on over there <laughs> your mic or something man <laughs> there you go sorry test test yeah it's that mic you gotta get it fixed or something yeah but uh, damn Mike damn Mike but the thing <laughs> is with this the thing with this match here is it put Ricky over and him capturing the Intercontinental Championship. Great story, great buildup mm-hmm. and everything. Because the story uh, story behind this was Savage put Steamboat out. And for about two months, Steamboat was gone. Because mm-hmm. he injured his neck with the ring bell. Two months later, Steamboat comes back and attacks Savage on a run-in. And he, he challenged him at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Classic too, so well worked, and honestly, it's probably what I would say would be, or definitely, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's best match. Uh, even including the Ric Flair work, I think this is the best match he's ever wrestled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I would have to definitely say that. I definitely would have to agree with you right there on that. Now, after after that match here, we <clears> had <throat> Hockey Talk Man with. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart going up against Jake the Snake Roberts with Alice Cooper. And, and if you're keeping count, this is Jimmy Hart's fourth appearance. <laughs> Wait, third appearance. Sorry, third yeah. appearance. Yeah. See, we're already losing count. That's how many times he showed up that night. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Honking Talk Man going up against Jake Roberts here, and you had Alice Cooper. And one thing about WrestleMania, that during those times, it attracted... A lot of celebrities. Oh right? yeah, right. A lot of celebrities. Yeah, Cindy Lauper. You know, like we said, Alice Cooper, Muhammad Ali, all the big names that across sports and entertainment were coming out to these. Even as 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 soon as WrestleMania one, where you had all kinds of people coming out. So it's it's crazy to see. And yet, Mr. T on WrestleMania on WrestleMania one. So uh, this has always been a huge, huge fanfare, not only for fans but for celebrities as well and other athletes. Yeah. Yeah, de- it definitely was. It definitely was there. Now, Honky Talk Man, he was pretty much at this time. Honky Talk Man was pretty much well known, and yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Hart's third third appearance right here. This was his third appearance coming out here already on this pay per view here. And Jake Roberts, that it was Jake Roberts 
I one thing that I love about Jake Roberts is the psychology and everything he uses with wrestling. How when he cuts that promo, it's really soft and everything, and he looks at the camera, and there's only one move that I need, and that's the DDT to take you out, and then after that, I'll feed you to my pet Damien, and the rest is history. I, I, that's what was so great about him because it was like it. that gravel, I, that gravity you would feel, you know, that grit, the seriousness in his voice because he's Jake the Snake Roberts. Dude, I, I loved it. And, and you don't see a lot of guys like that anymore either. So yeah. it was very well worked. It was a great pairing for WrestleMania. Uh, obviously, Honky Tonk ended up going over, though, in a seven minute match. But it still was a very well worked, very well worked match. Let me English today, and was honestly a, a very good little classic unto itself. But was just so overshadowed because of the main event and because of Ricky Dragon or Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Randy Savage. So it ended up uh, kind of being overshadowed, but still was a good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wonder, I wonder, Chris, I wonder, like after the Ricky Steamboat thing, I bet the other matches besides Hogan and Andre didn't have to worry about that because the hype and everything would be behind that that was carrying this. Oh, game. the hype and with how they ended up carrying out that match. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but anything after after that, I bet they're like, damn, we got to follow that up now. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got to follow that up. Come on. I mean, so, it's WrestleMania. You should expect it, right? Yeah, yeah. I bet the boys in the back are like, God dang. Got to follow that up. Okay, let's go out there yeah, and, and at, do it. At this point, and at this point, we still had two matches to go. So it's like, I oh know. my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. The next match here, you had the Iron Sheik and uh, Nikolai Volkov with Slick. Slick's second appearance, going up against the Killer Bees, Brian Brian B Blair and uh, Jim Bunzel. And that was a tag match that lasted five minutes and 44 seconds. And it ended by disqualification. Because Iron Sheik yeah. and Nikolai Volkov won that one there. Yeah, this was more of a, at this point, kind of a, just kind of like it was like a little rivalry match that they had. Then it being kind of pushed back. Uh, and the name for the killer bees was kind of stolen from the Miami dolphins anyways, but it's still made for good entertainment. And you had the iron cheek and Nikolai Volkov who were tagging at this point. So it, it made sense. And it was, you know, a kind of whatever match, uh, wasn't the cleanest match had a few botches in it, but, uh, it still wasn't too horribly bad, but it ended up uh, being a disqualification, uh, for the finish anyway. So it was kind of lackluster and was only kind of there to kind of help, you know, cool off the crowd after, you know, going through the intercontinental title match. And of course, honky talk, <clears throat> excuse me, honky talk man and Jake Roberts. So, mm-hmm. you know, this was kind of a cool down match right before the main event. Yeah. Yeah. This one right here kind of cooled it off there. And yeah, it, I agree, definitely agree with you with this one here, but time for the main event, Hulk Hogan defending the WWE championship against Andre, the giant with Bobby Heaton ringside how many parents now is this bobby heaton's uh already oh my gosh uh let me go through and recount we had one uh oh yeah there's two and at this point oh yeah there's three so four we're at four now i think jeez that's crazy that's nuts man that is nuts and this, but you know what? Bobby Heenan was that kind of manager. Like he was like the the Paul Heyman of his day, if you so to speak. Because remember all the people that Paul Heyman's been able to manage. So uh, now they just try to take that more straightforward approach of trying to keep you know 
one wrestler or one tag team or one stable with one manager, so mm-hmm. they don't have all the jumping around. But imagine if they went back to that. I know that would that would be crazy. I like to see more especially, managers. I definitely yeah, would. especially given how large the uh, the roster is at this point. Like, why not? Yeah, why why not? Why not go back to valets? Why don't you come up with a manager that comes up in another Heaton family? Why don't you come up with something like that? Another dangerous alliance. But they won't do it. They won't do it. Or or maybe, you know, let Chris Carnage come up there, refound total destruction, which not a lot of people know about, and, you know, see what happens. Just just, just saying, spitballing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know how to work a mic pretty good. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know how to work that mic there, brother. You know how to work it. <laughs> but <laughs> this match right here went on for 12 minutes and one second here. Then pretty much the story behind this was Andre was undefeated. Andre the Giant was pretty much undefeated. And no one could defeat him. And then he was friends. Him and Hogan were friends, brother. And then he aligned himself with Bobby Heaton. And then he flipped out. Hogan flipped out on Piper's Pit. Why do you? Why are you taming with him, brother? Yeah. And flipping out. And then Andre was like, oh, and then just like just just ripped the necklace off of freaking you know of Hogan there. And he he was gonna defeat him. He was gonna take his WWE championship. And. A lot of people were shocked to see the Hulkster bleed when his necklace ripped his skin when he grabbed a hold of his shirt there. You know? Mm-hmm. That was that was something right there. So people got behind it. They wanted to see Hulk Hogan go up against Andre the Giant there. And the body slam heard around the world. I think that's what you said the other night. Yeah, the body slam heard around the world because this was the first time Andre the Giant <clears throat> had ever been uh, body slammed by any wrestler ever. And this match, uh, along with this pay-per-view, was so historic because this was the passing of the torch of the top talent in the industry. And at this point, Andre the Giant had been running it for for decades, you know, and had already been champion, had already traveled the world, wrestled everybody. And this was the match to pass the torch officially to Hulk Hogan and make him the guy. And Hogan... Even though he was, you know, going in as champion, he and even though he had accomplished all his own things, you know, being a part of the main event of WrestleMania One, all that kind of stuff, Andre the Giant was still that guy. He was the staple. He was the name everybody knew. He was the guy that you could not miss, no matter where you went. Uh, look was synonymous. Name was synonymous. And Hogan was able to body slam him and take that torch and be able to carry it until he was able to pass it on himself. So it, it was so historic on so many levels and was not only the birth, the true birth of Hulkamania, but really was the, the end of a, of a chapter for Andre the giant. Yeah, definitely. It definitely was. It was the end of an era and yeah, the passing of the torch there and Mm -hmm. all in all this, this WrestleMania is one of the most talked about. Let me get you right there. The most talked about WrestleManias and most popular one WrestleMania in history and it had at that time it had the largest attendance record for the a WrestleMania did it not 
there was a lot of claims that were made. Uh, Dave Meltzer tried to refute a few of them, uh, but what WWE claims was like ninety three thousand or so, uh, which has since been broken again, uh, presumably at WrestleMania thirty two. So it uh, stood the test of time. But there was a lot of stuff that happened in WrestleMania three, and like we said earlier, Hulk Hogan blows the number up every single time. But it's because he doesn't even truly know what the number was. So at that point, you know, it was big, but we will never know, really know. Yeah, definitely. We we pretty much won't. We'll never know, and just we just gotta take it with a grain of salt and go by what they what they tell us. Pretty much what they tell us there mm-hmm. with the numbers there. Now our next WrestleMania we have to talk about is WrestleMania seventeen. Seventeen there. That's it. Let me get a screenshot of that. There you go. WrestleMania seventeen. And those familiar with that, you know why. We, one of the reasons why right there we picked WrestleMania 17 and the match card for this one man this this match card it had it was it it the thing about this one right here this WrestleMania the 17 wow. one of the, one of the reasons why I threw this on the list here is for the oh, fact bro. for the fact that let me take these sunglasses off, man, because I can't see shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. Breaking kayfabe. Yeah, I'm breaking kayfabe. Well, uh, my eyesight's starting to go bad. I, honestly, I hate to say that. And, yeah, <laughs> it sucks. It's okay. Right. Chris Carnage will hold character for you. Yeah, hold character. <laughs> <laughs> what you see is what you get. We'll just say that. Uh, Pretty much, Chris. Damn. It's bright now. <laughs> Here, you're distracted. I got you. This whole show, though, was so huge, especially because and why it's so special to me. This is by far one of the most amazing WrestleManias because it was an important time in history in the entire industry. Uh, it was an important time for WrestleMania because it was the first time uh, in an extremely long time that they were holding it at a big stadium. They weren't just holding it at you know an arena. Because the year before, if you remember, WrestleMania 16, if I'm not mistaken, was held in Anaheim uh, in their little... I can't remember the name of the arena at this point, where the uh, Mighty Ducks played. And yeah, this was the first time where they went big again. This was at the home of the Houston Astros in Houston, Texas in 2001. And featured an amazing card, had so much great talent. And like we said, at that time, uh, this was literally on the heels of WCW being sold to WWE. Yeah. And WWE basically buying their competition. So this was the last mania that saw the end of that era. And the very next night on raw, we saw a huge launch into the future of what WWE would become. And in, in even inevitably into the ruthless aggression era. So, so huge the importance of this match and or this uh, show and, and everything it brought to the table. So many good matches and one of the most surprising endings to a WrestleMania or probably almost any pay-per-view, I would say, ever, Yeah. given the gravity of what happened. But before we even talk about that, we're going to start at the top of the card and run our way through real quick uh, with the first match, which was uh, X-Factor, which was just incredible, and X-Pac with Albert uh, taking on uh, Grandmaster Sexay and Steve Blackman in a tag match. Really, I I like this match. I like this opening match right here. 
I just incredible in X Pac. You wouldn't think you you would not think these guys would work really well as a tag team, and they did. No, you wouldn't. They did, <clears throat> and I'm surprised it didn't last longer than what it did. That's the that's the one thing about this. I'm surprised oh. it didn't last longer than what it did. Well, there was things that tied into that, mainly on X-Pac's side. Uh, Albert was also with him, but Albert ended up being pulled into TNA uh, with Test. But just incredible, and X-Pac had actually worked together uh, in WCW. So they actually had a rapport together. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I wasn't too surprised at how good that their uh, uh, their chemistry was. The thing was, just incredible ended up going more down the road of the uh, light heavyweight title scene. X-Pac had just come out of that scene. Uh, and from here, I think, if I'm not mistaken... I ended up starting a feud. Uh, gosh, should he start with feud with? I want to say it was Kane for a little bit, and then ended yeah. up moving on, and then ended up in the NWO uh, kind of scene when all that started breaking apart and coming out a couple of years later. So uh, Xbox also took a break at this time. So another thing to keep in mind. But this match wasn't bad. It was only about a little over two and a half minutes long, and uh, some decent talent. Just incredible. Very, very underrated. Steve Blackman was very underrated, uh, but still not a bad little match. And uh, you end up with uh, X Factor going over. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much the um, what everything you just said right there with uh, how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good at the words. What yes. can I say? <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. And the tag match ran for about two minutes and 46 seconds. It was like in there, boom, boom, mm -hmm. done. That was it. And then that was that was pretty much it. it. They started off with a squash match, and you're like, what the hell happened? But I like this match here, the next match. Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho going up against William Regal. And he was defending the Intercontinental Championship in a seven minute and eight second match right here. Damn. Yep. All I got to say, Chris, William Have you Regal, seen this match? Yes, yes. I watched it last night. Remember when I got off oh, yeah. when I got off with you and I said, I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to bed. I laid in bed and I watched WrestleMania 17 last night. And you I, picked a good one. Yes, I did. That was the best one right there. That opening match with Jer uh, that match with Jericho and William Regal, yeah. damn, it showcased how William Regal. Well, I was surprised. William Regal's a great, great in the ring what he can do, but this right here, Jericho let him show what he yeah. can do, what he can do in the ring, and I love the story, the build up for it too was just great with Jericho peeing in his car. Oh, that was amazing build up. <laughs> oh yeah. Because don't, don't forget, you know, all the different roles William Regal was taking on at that time with helping with Raw and uh, being the general manager, all that kind of stuff. But I remember specifically this match just because the thing I have about William Regal, I always loved William Regal, but I thought he could be unsafe at times. Yeah. But I, I eventually realized it's not that <clears throat> William Regal was unsafe. William Regal was willing to do some dirty looking shit to try and make a match look good. And he would only do oh, it with certain people. Chris uh -huh. Jericho being one of them because they had worked together in WCW and in WWE extensively. But William Regal, very underrated, and this match was truly amazing with Jericho. At this point, Jericho was starting to get into his prime. Uh, he was less than a year away from winning uh, both the World Heavyweight titles and the WWE title, so yeah. and becoming the first ever Undisputed Champion and all that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm not surprised Jericho went over, but it was still a really amazing match. It was. It was. Yeah, he was on his way leaving mid-card to hit the main event, and he proved oh, it yeah. the following year. But this right here, 
it showed why he was a great intercontinental champion and being in the ring with someone as a familiar in-ring technician as William Regal because William Regal, man, William Regal, he can wrestle dirty, he can wrestle clean, <laughs> and he definitely showed it. And I loved, I loved this, man, because the crowd got into this one, man. They got behind Jericho on this. They definitely did. Oh, yeah, for sure. The next match, you had Taz and the APA with Jacqueline <laughs> going up against right the censor with um, Bull Buchanan, the Godfather, and Val Venus with Steven Richards. Hey, it's <laughs> not the Godfather. It was the Good Father. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember. Good Father. Yes, yes, the Good Father. Okay, have Taz, who basically the Taz mission, he could choke your ass out. Okay, mm -hmm. choke your ass out. And you have him with the APA. You had Ron's Bradshaw, JBL before JBL, Bradshaw and Ron Simmons. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the match. And it God. was very impactful. It wasn't a very long match. It only uh, went just short of four minutes. But this match was very impactful. Uh, had a lot of great little spots in it. Uh, but obviously the APA... APA and Taz as the faces in this match ended up going over. Right to censor was so hated. The boos when they came out were just deafening. And it was just so great to see. But uh, not surprised Taz and APA went over. Yeah, why not? Why not have why not have those three guys go after mm -hmm. right to censor and just squash them there? Because that match ended up uh, going about three minutes and 52 seconds in this uh, six-man tag right here. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much that pretty much was it right there. It was like this yeah. was a little just a minute over than the uh, first match here. But the next match is what really was amazing because they ended up following up that match with a match that just went a shade over nine minutes for a triple threat hardcore match for the WWE Hardcore Championship uh, between Kane, Big Show, and the champion Raven. And this match, I remember clear as day in every single way, beginning to end. <laughs> and it's what really made me not only love Kane, it not only made me love Raven, but it also made me love Big Show. And this match was just so great in so many ways, between throwing each other through glass windows, hitting each other with golf carts, ended up destroying part of the stage. It was amazing in every way. And you ended up seeing Kane go over and win the Hardcore Championship, which I thought was always great. I always loved Kane. So uh, definitely a really, really good match. Yeah, this th this was this was crazy, man. You <laughs> I laugh because of all the stuff they did in this. It basically said, here you go. Go have fun. And they that's what they did. That's what they did, was it mm -hmm. not? They had, it absolutely they had, was. They definitely had fun. And, yeah, it made me like Kane even more after this right here. Mm -hmm. It definitely did. And that match right there, it ran. It was a triple threat hardcore match for the, for the WWE Hardcore Championship. And that ran about 9 minutes and 17 seconds there. But, mm -hmm. but the next match, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Eddie Guerrero with Perry Saturn going up against Test for the European Championship, and the match ran about eight minutes and thirty seconds. There, what's your take on that? Underrated match, and this is also what ended up setting Eddie Guerrero off onto the tangent that he was from here on. This is really what I think think broke Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, excuse me, broke Eddie Guerrero into the scene when he ended up picking up his first individual title. So uh, remember that he came in uh, as part 
of uh, the radicals with Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko yeah. and of course Chris Benoit. So it was amazing to see what all of them were able to accomplish. But this is really, I think, what set Eddie Guerrero off. And Tess wasn't a bad talent himself. Uh, Tess was just getting ready to transition from being a singles wrestler uh, to being in a tag team uh, with Albert and starting TNA with Trish Stratus as their manager. Uh, so it was, you know, he was getting ready to take a little bit of a step back. So it was time to pass that torch, and Eddie Guerrero was there right for the taking. And this match, honestly, was a pretty good match, a really good matchup. It was. It was It was a really good match. I loved, I I just, I loved Eddie's style in the ring. I, I kid you not. I love Eddie's style. I loved everything that he did and Everything that he did, Chris, he had mm-hmm. a purpose for. Did, does that make sense where, where I'm coming at right there? Oh, yeah. Everything everything that Eddie did, he had a purpose for. He had a purpose for putting in this move. He had a purpose for putting in that move. And he was one of those that's, you. this, this move has a reason why. You don't need to put this in. There's no reason for it. And that's just, I loved his style, his Lucha, Lucha Libre style. And how he carried himself around in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really great how he did it, and honestly, it was a great testament uh, to his family and everything they always did. So it was it was really great. Uh, so you know, really good stuff. And Eddie Guerrero obviously went on to uh, great accolades before his passing about four years later. Definitely, definitely. Which which we'll be talking about here pretty soon. <laughs> pretty oh, soon. oh, definitely. Yeah, we'll be talking about that. Now this next match here. We have Kurt Angle going up against Chris Benoit in a singles match, Ooh, which, baby. damn, for just a singles match, almost 15 minutes or just shy of 15 minutes at 14 minutes and four seconds here. Yeah. How did you like this match? Two technical wrestlers, Kurt Angle and Benoit, <sighs> man. I, oh, man. I said Benoit. I broke the third wall. Uh, 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 uh. But you know it's great. This match arguably was probably the match of the night. <clears throat> There's only one other match I think that might have even had a chance to beat it out, and that was the main event. But this match was absolutely amazing beginning to end. This was when Kurt Angle was in his prime. This is when Chris Benoit was also in his prime. These guys were just tactical machines of wrestling and carnage. Uh, they both were very stiff. They both worked very hard. Uh, they both always tried to be the, the biggest bull in the room and work harder than anybody else. And it showed in this match. And this, If you haven't seen this match, uh, Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit, WrestleMania 17, please go watch it. It is so amazing uh, and really shows off their technical prowess in every type of way. And Kurt, either one of them could have went over, but Kurt Angle obviously going over, and he ended up having his own uh, rise of superstar. I mean, he had already been champion at this point, so uh, and ben, ben Wall wasn't too far away himself. So it's real great match, real great match. Yeah, definitely, it definitely, definitely was a great match because I definitely would check that out there. There, I, I recommend it there. Mm-hmm. Next match we had China going up against Ivory in a single match for the WWE Women's Championship match. Mm-hmm. At two minutes and thirty nine seconds, but Bull Buchanan, the Good Father, Stephen Richards, and Val Venus were banned from ringside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> China man, you get in the ring with her, and you're the size of ivory. Um, I'm gonna <clears throat> steal this from the movie Aliens. Game over, man. Game <laughs> over. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are your thoughts on this one, man? Well, China was at her prime at this point, really coming out of her shell. It, she had already been so dominant, had already won the Intercontinental Championship, had already wrestled in the Royal Rumble. Uh, China had was the woman to really start the women's revolution when you really think about it. And amazing what she did. This match, though, was garbage in so many ways. It literally was a squash match, and China ended up going over Ivory. It was just to put the strap on China. Uh, Ivory actually took time away from the ring after this, but uh, still it was a great moment for China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was it was a great moment for China. Yeah, but this was the dud of WrestleMania 17. The dud, yeah, it pretty much was. Well, the, well, this and one other thing, which we'll we'll get to a little bit later. Okay, <laughs> okay, I probably know what you're talking about, but uh, you probably yeah, do. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely get to that there. Now, I'm always just on my microphone. Now we have this one right here. Let me pull this up here. Uh, yeah, Shane McMahon going up against Vince McMahon, and uh, you <laughs> have with, you have Stephanie McMahon, Helmsley, and Trish Stratus. Basically, Stephanie, if jog my memory here, was Stephanie on Shane's side or the or her her dad or dad's side? It was no, no, she was with no, her brother. No, no, no. She was yeah, it was her, her brother and her mom were against uh, everything Vince was doing because at that point, that's when Vince started having his love affair with Trish Stratus off oh, to the side because yeah, 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 that's yeah. how Trish Stratus broke into WWE was being the lap girl for Vince, which obviously he she got paid back royally by being honestly one of the most accomplished women's wrestlers in WWE history. But uh, they had that and that's when they put Linda into the uh, was it the delirious muteness or whatever it was where she ended up being uh, wheelchair ridden, could not leave a wheelchair, unable to walk, unable to speak, unable to respond. And they had to wheel her around. And yeah, Shane and Stephanie thought it was horrible, all that kind of stuff. But led into this match, this street fight uh, between Shane McMahon and Mr. McMahon with Mick Foley as special guest referee. And this is where you saw uh, Linda McMahon raise up out of the chair and kick uh, Vince McMahon right in the family jewels. And, of course, the first time we ever saw Shane McMahon do the coast to coast. Uh, historic match on so many in so many ways. And don't forget, Shane McMahon at this point was owner of WCW. So it was or WCW storyline. Love it. <laughs> Sorry, we've already broken enough Cape Cave tonight. But it's uh it's truly historic, it's truly great. And it was amazing to see what they were able to pull off in that match. Yeah, man. I I I remember that now because I was trying to jog my memory right there. And I <laughs> I because I I did watch most of it last night before I went to sleep. Now, yeah, I remember that. What a what a freaking at this time, Chris, what a hell of a family this functional family story going on here. The father's <laughs> trying to screw. Every, yeah, I'm serious, man. The father's trying to screw everything. The 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 mom is pissed off at the husband because he can't keep it in his pants. Mm -hmm. The daughter is <laughs> going crazy because of everything going on, and the son is like, "You're wrong, dad." And the daughter's like, "Oh my god, just stop!" You know, it's like, damn. But it made great television. <laughs> It made great television, did it not? 
Oh, it definitely did. It definitely did. And it made for a lot of excitement even after the fact, because this storyline carried on uh, pretty much throughout most of the rest of the year up until uh, Survivor Series of 2001. So, yeah, uh, yeah definitely was uh, interesting all the way through. But I have to I have to apologize to our fans listening right now because I said that Angle and Benoit was possibly the match of the night on this card, and there's only one other match I could have touched, and that was the main event. And I lied because there was one other match I could touch it as well. And that is our next match. Yes. What is our next match there, Chris? That was TLC two uh, between Edge and Christian, the Dudley boys and the Hardy boys. And this match was amazing in every single way. And this match, I think, is what eventually made me fall completely and utterly in love with professional wrestling again and made me pursue my own career was seeing the crazy, insane crap that they did in this match, uh, including putting Bubba Ray Dudley and and Matt Hardy through double-stacked tables, ended up being four tables in total. Uh, you saw Jeff Hardy get speared by Edge from uh, the actual hanging apparatus that they had for the belts all the way down into the ring. Uh, we saw... Oh, what was it? I, uh, Jeff Hardy do a swanton bomb on the rhino from the top of a massive ladder on the outside of the ring. Like there was so many wonderful, wonderful WrestleMania moments in this match, and it's so crazy to look at this now as we, you know, we see the rundown of all those matches that we have for tonight's show. And this match was only just short of 16 minutes, and it was 16 minutes of just pure amazingness. That's crazy, man. That I remember that man. This match here, dude. I thought I thought these guys were going to kill each other. Did you not think someone was going to walk away out in a stretcher? Did you? Oh, I absolutely thought someone was going to, given everything that was going on, but surprising no one did. Yeah, and I don't know if you were familiar with this here, but this was the debut of Rhino in WWE. It was, and a lot of people didn't realize that, that he got involved in the storyline, and this is how he got brought over, mm-hmm. and uh, it was done really, really well. But uh, Rhino ended up going on to have all kinds of success and still wrestled with WWE as recent, I think, as uh, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, definitely great to see like what he was able to do over the past 20 years with WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. De- definitely. It's amazing. It's amazing what, what mm-hmm. he's he's done there. Now, do you remember when I told you, though, that there was a match that really sucked between China and Ivory? Yeah. Our next match was the other match I mentioned <laughs> that was the utter black eye of WrestleMania 17. Oh, man. Don't say it. Don't say it, man. That's right. The gimmick battle royal. Oh, come on, man. I loved half these people that was in it. I loved oh, half I these loved people with it. But I didn't love the match. <laughs> One come on you get to, you haven't seen these guys when in a have, while dude when you have the iron sheik winning a match in a year that starts with the number two you know it's too it's too old all right the iron <laughs> sheik has no business being in a ring at this point he ended up winning this gimmick battle royal over over hillbilly jim <laughs> come on in man. 2001 
You know what? You know what? Nowadays, okay, in 2020, you know what makes up for that is his Twitter. <laughs> That's what it makes. Oh my up. God! Don't even get me started. Where everything's in all caps and it's just yelling the f word at people. But <laughs> what's funny? What's even worse about this though? This was the first time WWE like really started getting into like the gimmick stuff. Yeah. Gimmick battle royals and doing things for nostalgia and doing all that and. This is where we saw the beginning of the end. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much so. But it's entertaining, man. It's entertaining. They even had freaking Bobby. If that's what you call it. Heenan, they had Bobby DeBrady Heenan come back out with, with Mean Gene Okerlund doing commentary, dude. Come on. That, that was cool. Come I'm on, not going to lie. That, that was cool. That was, that was, that was freaking. I mean, you got to be gimmicky when you're doing a gimmick battle royal. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Come on. You got to have that. You definitely got to have that. But. I, yeah, this, <laughs> it was a gimmick. Okay, it was a gimmick battle royal. They had their gimmick match. That's pretty much it now. Uh, pretty much it, though. But I like this next match. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm talking about The Undertaker going up against Triple H in mm-hmm. a singles match here. This is the second longest match of the night with 18 minutes and 19 seconds here. That's right. This pretty much was almost around the this last time out of Mania you would see the American Badass gimmick. Was it not? No, you would see it. Oh, hold on. The, the American Badass gimmick was still around for another two years before it went under and then came back at WrestleMania 20 uh, because that... 18. Who do you, I don't remember who he wrestled at 18 to save my life, to be honest. <laughs> Me neither. Oh, I, I want to say it was one of the NWO, but I can't remember. No, 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 no. He was in a handicap match. Remember? No, that was 19. No. Okay. Because it was supposed to be a tag match at 19, but that's when uh, that crazy guy, I can't remember his name to save my life now, that they were supposed to bring in from Australia, got hurt and ended up wrestling a handicap match. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get more to that there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're jumping ahead now. We got yeah, we got, we're, we got to stay focused. Yeah, we're here. jumping. Yeah, we're jumping ahead to there. Damon Everly. <laughs> I was just trying to point out some actual facts, which I'm rusty on. So uh, fans, don't hate me. Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you kill me. Hey. <laughs> But still, this match, though, was so classic uh, because this was also one of the last times Undertaker and Triple H actually worked each other, I think, for almost 10 years. Uh, Undertaker and Triple H notoriously had bad backstage beef with each other for multitudes of reasons. Uh, Taker has always, I guess, been in the opinion that Triple H kind of slept his way to the top, uh, even though he just married the boss's daughter. But I guess that's kind of the same, right? So... (laughs) At the end of the day, though, uh, this was a really good match. They wrestled all over the arena, saw guys getting choke slammed off the top of scaffolding and reverse tombstones, sledgehammers being pulled out, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, I remember watching this match live, and I had never cheered so hard in a match until the next match uh, ever before, and it was such an exciting thrill ride. And remember, that's when Triple H came out to Motorhead and, of course, Taker with his motorcycle. So uh, it was still such a great show. Uh, and Taker ended up going over. Yeah. Keeping that undertreated fecal alive at the time, which wasn't even really advertised until like two or three years later. I know. I know. No one, yeah, he he pretty much kept it alive there. And yeah, mm-hmm. like he, I definitely agree with you. 
they didn't they didn't really advertise it that this hey this guy got a streak going on this guy has mm-hmm. a streak going on and they never really did mention that and until he you know yeah yeah i don't know what else to say i i did like this match because they i like i like how they went out in the crowd chris and mm-hmm. they brawled all over the damn place that's what i love yeah. this everywhere and they ended up on the top of one of the uh uh, uh the static cam well not really a static cam but it's one of their uh main camera rigs that they usually set up on top of a large two-story scaffolding structure and they went to the top of that were paddling each other like it was crazy the things they did for this match so uh i haven't really seen them wrestle like that all over the arena and, and honestly i can't i can think of very few times that were this amazing with how they did it so yeah really good stuff yeah it definitely is some really, really good stuff here. Now, the main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Stone Cold Steve Austin going up against The Rock. What? And a no DQ match? What? For the WWE Championship at 28 minutes and 8 seconds of ass kicking and mud hole stomping? Give me a hell yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I like how you're doing your own soundboard work now. Yeah, um, got to. This this match was so amazing on so many levels. Not even just for the match itself, but just the buildup. I remember this being like one of the most epic buildups to a match I had ever seen. And I still remember the SmackDown. I think it was a, a week or two before Mania, where they were ha- trying to have a standoff in the ring, a little stare down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Stone Cold, you know, cracks a couple Steve Weisers. And just smacks one into the Rock's chest, gets it all over him. Rock yeah. takes the beer, and Rock cheers back and gets beer all over Stone Cold. And the next thing you know, they're just brawling all <laughs> over the arena. The hype video was great. The whole entire uh, clip, uh, clip package they had for this was yeah, great. Was. The match was amazing, as well as the finish, because this was also led to one of the most talked about heel turns in wrestling history with this was like on the level of Hulk Hogan going heel and aligning himself with the devil except Stone Cold did align himself with the devil in Mr. McMahon because we saw Vince McMahon come down to ringside during this match thinking maybe he's going to help Brock or whatever the case may be and next thing you know he's giving a chair to Stone Cold and they're uh, brutalizing the Rock and then next thing you know Stone Cold's WWE champion holding beers and arms up with Mr. McMahon so was such a huge turn. Of course, remember the next night on Raw, how crazy that was because that's when it took the next step when they formed the two-man power trip. So uh, absolutely crazy how this match went and how it ended. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely was. It definitely was crazy how, how this happened right here. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to pull up right here. What stone cold said about, uh, his uh, um, heel turn here. I'm trying to pull that up here. Um, from what I can remember, what Stone Cold said at the time was for the fact that he wished he would not have done that at that time. Yeah, He wished he would have not have done it because he was so hot as a face. And then him turning heel at that time, he said, God dang, I shouldn't have not done it, but... Also, you would have thought, and a lot of people still comment on this today, 
They said at the end of that WrestleMania, Chris, mm-hmm. when he's sharing a beer with Stone Cold, or Stone Cold's sharing a beer with Vince, excuse me, everyone is expecting Stone Cold oh, they to give, it. give him a stunner and say, you know, <laughs> but it didn't happen. It did not nope. happen. I was lot, waiting for it. Yeah, a lot of people are like, where's, where's that stunner to Vince after 17? You know, where is it? And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It did not happen there. But I remember that. I remember that. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, let me let me share a personal story here. <laughs> God rest my dad. And I mean, passed away in 2012. When they built up to this match, he he was like, he was stone cold all the way. The following night on Raw, when he came out and did all the stuff he did, my father flew off that chair of mine. And I thought, I was like, oh, God, here we go. 1980s. There goes another TV because of Jim Cornette and Ric Flair. (laughs) (laughs) My old man flew off and he looked at the TV and he's giving it the bird. And my dad was like, fuck you, Austin, you son of a bitch. You're with the fucking devil. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. The old man was pissed. Oh, I bet. He was pissed, man. I, I've seen my dad over the years get pissed off at wrestling uh, growing up, but God dang, Chris, at about yeah. 70-something years old, this guy was ready to take that TV and throw it out the freaking front door. I was like, me and my brother were rolling. We're laughing. And he looks back at us and he's like, you think that's fucking funny, don't you? We're like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. But yeah, it was one of the greatest, one of the most talked about heel turns here in history. Right In history. That was Hulk Hogan level. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was. It definitely was like Hulk Hogan level right there. But WrestleMania 17, it has a place in our hearts right here. But um, let me pull up the match card here uh, for this next one here. WrestleMania 19. Oh, yeah. I already got it up. This one was a good one. It's taking place at Safeco Field uh, March 30th. I believe it was. Yeah. Of... uh, or sorry, yeah, March 30th, 2003. Where am I at right now? Anyways, uh, Safeco That's Field, great show. Man. Yeah, WrestleMania 19. Actually, hold on. Uh, I almost have it right there. It is. There you go. Look at that cover. Look at that cover, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that cover right there. And those viewing right now, I mean, look at that cover. But also those listening for the audio portion of this podcast. Chris Carnage is holding up his DVD collection of WrestleMania and it has Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan on the front there. WrestleMania 19, March 30th, 2003. An interesting note. This was the year also with their DVD collection for WWE, uh, where they actually did a joint, uh, spine, uh, image, uh, for all the spines for the 2003, uh, series of pay-per-views, uh, with this being WrestleMania, this only had like the back end of the two. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. So, yeah, they had all the pay-per-views listed right at the bottom of the DVD, and then all the spines created one large image that was a lot of wrestling images put into the year 2003. No, nice. Nice. I like yeah. that. I like that. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty amazing. 
WrestleMania 19, the reason why we picked this on this list right here, because you probably know why if you follow with the main event for WrestleMania right here. The main event. Well, there's a lot of reasons just, just the main event. The main event really was amazing, but there was a lot of classics on this. Yeah, there there's a lot of a lot of good matches on here, and this this right here was in the hype. Would you would you agree with me? This right here was about in the hype of the ruthless aggression error. Ooh, yeah, this was probably at that at that pinnacle, and then over the course of the next two years, it tapered off into a new era, and then really changed in 08. But this, uh, we saw the, the the real pinnacle of it all of what really could happen. This was at the height of what Kurt Angle was able to do as a competitor. Brock Lesnar was at his height at this time. Uh, the Rock was uh, just coming off of his height. This also was the the last match for Stone Cold. So there was like so many crazy things that were happening with this, uh, as well as the 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 continuing domination of Triple H uh, at this time, where he was basically handed the kingdom, so a lot of great stuff on this, and it all kicked off with a uh, World Tag Team Championship match that actually was on Sunday Night Heat as part of their at the time pre-show uh, with Chief Morley and Lance Storm taking on uh, Kane and Rob Van Dam. Uh, Kane and Rob Van Dam ended up not winning this, but ended up regaining those titles later on on Raw. But uh, the only reason Chief Morley and Lance Storm won was also because of the Dudley Boys. So uh, it was only a seven-minute match, a pretty decent match, but uh, went to Chief Morley and Lance Storm. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much it did. It went to it went to those guys right there. But the one thing, the one thing uh, I liked was the next match. Mm-hmm. Was the next match here was the was Matt Hardy. With Shannon Moore going up against Rey Mysterio in a mm-hmm. singles match for the Cruiserweight Championship, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, which was a five-minute and 37-second match there. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a pretty decent match, too. Uh, ended with the usual foul play by Matt Hardy and his uh, number one disciple, Shannon Moore, because this is V1 Matt Hardy at the time. And... Uh, Matt Hardy ended up going over, but still was a very, very entertaining match. Rey Mysterio wearing his Daredevil gear in this in this match uh, was really entertaining from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was really entertaining, and I, I really loved. I love Matt Hardy at this time here because they they broke up the Hardy Boys. It's been about probably about a couple years since the Hardy Boys were together. And they were at on, this point, it had been probably much, about a year, year and a half, year and a half, and uh, pretty much Matt wanted to keep. He wanted to have Jeff do what Shannon Moore was doing, but Jeff broke off and did his own thing. But he found Shannon Moore, and Shannon Moore basically followed Matt Hardy around. And I loved I loved Matt Hardy at this time, how his character was and his ego. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. The uh, thing we talked about earlier with the handicap match, one-on-two, we could talk about that now, Chris. Undertaker. Mm-hmm. He was the third match on this card, which just gets me. The third card on this uh, third match on this card here. He went up against Big Show in A Train in a one on two handicap match at nine minutes and forty two seconds here. Chris, what was it you were talking about 
with uh, this one right here about Nathan uh, Jones. Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones, I remember. <laughs> Nathan Jones was an ex-convict from Australia who was huge and a former bodybuilder and fighter who ended up being brought into WWE as an extremely failed project as he was out of the company less than, I think, three or four months later. I think he only officially wrestled maybe two or three matches. Uh, but, yeah, it was ended up being nothing. Uh, so, ended up coming at... Before the show, Nathan Jones somehow got hurt backstage, and Taker ended up having to go out alone in a handicap match against Big Show and A Train, who were huge men. And this was still a very back and forth match. Taker being able to take the offensive here and there, but started getting beaten down near the end. Nathan Jones ended up doing a run in to help Undertaker end up winning this match. Uh, this match really, uh, people don't realize, this was only Taker's, I believe, ninth match at Mania. So with that in mind, Taker actually uh, almost lost his match. It was almost decided that he was going to lose this match after they pulled Nathan Jones, uh, that they were going to try and go the heel angle. But it was very last minute that Vince decided he wanted Taker to go over because he felt that Taker was way too established of a character uh, to lose to Big Show and A-Train, uh, especially if Nathan Jones ran in. So uh, we almost saw the streak never happen because of this match. That's crazy. That's crazy. That would have been something you think about. Yeah, remember WrestleMania 19 when uh, Taker Street got broke, but that didn't happen. Yeah, it was only nine and zero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy. So I'm glad Vince made the right call. He was smart about that, was he not? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But you know what? Even though that match was what it was, the next match is arguably probably one of the best women's matches ever at WrestleMania. And it's honestly one of the reasons why I also put this uh, WrestleMania in my top five. Because Trish Stratus versus the champion Victoria versus Jazz was absolutely amazing Triple in every threat. way. They had triple threat, yeah. and I love yeah. I love triple threat matches. I loved working them. I loved watching them. I love everything about triple threat matches. And there was only one botch in this whole match, but it end, it was one of those things you couldn't really avoid. So it ended up being what it was. But other than that, this match was perfect. This match ran about. Let me pull this back up here. Uh, seven minutes and seventeen seconds. Yes, for the women's the WWE Women's Championship. This match right here, it showed each range of each each wrestler, talent, mm-hmm. worker, each worker. It showed the range of what they can do in a triple threat match. And Jazz, man, at that time, if you remember, Chris, Jazz was a force not to be reckoned with. And you had someone at Trish's size and caliber coming in here, Chris, mm-hmm. that actually came in and was like, I I don't care how big or small, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to whip your ass and I'm going to take that championship. <laughs> because Yeah, Jazz Jazz was like the precursor to Beth Phoenix. Like, yeah. She was just like a freak of nature. And what's crazy, and this is how deep my wrestling fandom goes, Jazz used to work promotions up in the New Jersey area back uh, literally only a couple of years going into her WWE contract. Uh, and she was brutal, like absolutely brutal. Good, technical, and and really sharp, but brutal with how she wrestled. And it still showed in her WWE work, especially when she was able to work great talent like Victoria and Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she was a good worker. I wish she would have last longer, though, but um, 
this right here, if you're looking at a match that has to do with Jazz in WWE, this would be the match right here I would definitely yes. recommend. Would you not recommend this match here? Absolutely in every way. Absolutely. Now, this next match was Team Angle, Charlie Haas, Sheldon Benjamin going up against Crispin Wall and Rhino and Los Guerreros, Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero for mm-hmm. the triple threat match for the WWE Tag Team Championship, which lasted about eight minutes and 48 seconds here. All I got to say is that Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin, Team Angle, they were pretty hot. Th- those guys were put in a position to where the make Angle look good. Mm-hmm. But they did such a good job, Chris, they actually made themselves look even better as a tag team, did they not? Definitely, and it was really crazy how this whole match actually went down because uh, Chris Benoit and Rhino tagging was something that wasn't necessarily in the cards at this time, but it ended up just kind of happening because of the chemistry they had with having worked each other. Of course, Charlie Austin, Shelton Benjamin, and then the Guerreros, you know, being the family bloodline they had. This match actually was a really, really good match. Very entertaining start to finish. And Team Angle, not too surprising they went over. Team Angle's really getting pushed hard at this time. So what better way to make them look good than by beating uh, Benoit and Rhino and, of course, Los Guerreros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, pretty much, pretty much Team Angle, they went ahead and defeated both those teams, and they captured the WWE uh, Tag Team Championship, which mm-hmm. would be the first of the gold for Team Angle. Oh, yes. <laughs> or, or actually, no, no, no. No, no. Well, they came in with all the gold. They but... came in with all the gold. Well, though, we'll, but... get on, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, next pretty... match, though, is one I really want to talk about. This match I really hold near and dear to my heart. This match is an amazing match between none other than Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho being a huge fan of Shawn Michaels coming up through the circuit. Oh, God. Finally getting his match against Shawn Michaels. This was the longest match on the card. Ended up being 22 and a half minutes long. And this this match was amazing from start to finish. And even the aftermatch antics were, were amazing. Uh, it, it was truly amazing. Jericho said of this match that this was like going in and wrestling his hero. And... Uh, you know, all the kayfabe aside, he said this was probably one of the most important matches of his entire career. Of course, of course, it was. Look at the look at the angle. Look at the story. Look at the build up for this match here. Mm-hmm. It did. Shawn Michaels even brought his wife into this angle. That's how mm-hmm. important this was because I think Shawn Michaels knew how important it was for him, mm-hmm. and he knew how important it was for Chris Jericho and. Basically, they put on one hell of a match here because anything that Jericho did, Shawn Michaels countered. Anything thing that Shawn did, Jericho countered. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like Jericho's wrestling style. I was like, God dang, he's wrestling just like Shawn Michaels, was he not? Yep, he absolutely was, and they were complimenting each other so well throughout the entire match. It was great. It was. It was such a great match here. This match was just freaking... I, I loved it. I loved it. I remember this. I remember the build-up and everything to it and stuff. And Jericho, man, he came off. The crowd hated his ass so much, did they not? Mm-hmm. They did. They really did. 
They they hated him. They hated him so much. But he ran with it, and he made it the best it was there. But um, Shawn Michaels ended up defeating him at, yeah, 22 minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah, and this was Jericho's second loss in a row at Mania because don't forget the year before he had defended the undisputed title against Triple H and lost in the yeah. main event. Yeah, little little fun fact there. Everyone who's come out with their with the band that does their theme music has lost, except Triple H. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's the boss now. Why why would he lose? Yeah, but the next. But speaking of Triple H, uh, the next match featured Triple H defending his World Heavyweight Championship with Ric Flair in his corner against Booker T. Uh, this match uh, was very interesting in a lot of ways. It was one of the few times Triple H actually wore tights that were not black as he had ho- uh, doned his uh, royal purples. Yes. But an- another thing with this match that was very interesting is that they had pushed this with almost a racial undertone, which was one of the few times in the more modern era of professional wrestling in WWE where they did so because they really pushed Booker T as being from Houston, being from the streets, uh, being the you know that that guy who was able to come against all odds and be able to get in a position to take on the the former Connecticut Blue Bud with uh, arguably the most famous professional wrestler in his corner and Ric Flair, the two-time WWE Hall of Famer uh, that he would become, Woo. and it was just so interesting how they how they worked that angle. And like I said, a lot of racial undertones with this. Uh, Booker T coming out really uh, uh, genuine and real as a person rather than as his character. So it was very interesting they pushed it that way. Uh, but Triple H inevitably ended up going over. He did. He did. He he definitely did. I remember that with the with the change up and everything of uh, Triple H and him having Ric Flair at that time and stuff. And we mm-hmm. know if you watch the Ruthless Aggression Error uh, series on WWE Network, when they talk about the evolution during the <laughs> Ruthless Aggression Error, you know why Triple H and Ric Flair together. And I'm going to keep it like that. Booker T, I was going to say, you just did not say that, sucker. <laughs> sucker. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, this match, everything that you said about it, it's just, yeah, you Booker T was more real in this match than what you would expect it. And that's why this match turned out pretty damn great and like it did there. But, um, mm-hmm. Definitely did. Triple H ended up defeating Booker T, and uh, he went on and pretty much at this time, Evolution was, no, 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 Evolution. This was like at the beginning of Evolution. Evolution debuted almost right after this. Yeah. Uh, This was what pretty much led into the the formation of evolution uh was triple h touting how he beat booker t so uh from here booker t though ended up being moved to uh smackdown uh ended up in the u.s title feud ended up having the best of seven series uh against uh uh oh my goodness why can't i even think of it right now chris benoit yeah and then uh had those u.s title matches so uh, he ended up being put in that scene and then eventually won a world heavyweight title again uh after he won king of the ring so Booker T still ended up finding a lot of good success after this, but uh, I think it's time that we talk about our next match, which was our DVD cover match. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Yes, sir, right there. Talking about... Let me keep the camera on you while I say this here. Talking about Hulk Hogan, brother. Going up brother, against brother, brother, brother. Vince McMahon in a street fight, brother. And if Hogan lost... Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Good. Get out of the arena. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Get I out of the arena. <laughs> retire. Retire. Hogan. Hogan had to retire. Now, if you think about how much story, Chris, they built, put into this, God dang. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, dang. More kayfabe and fiction or kayfabe and realism into this because they threw also threw in for the fact that when Hogan left, they didn't mention about how Hogan left to go pursue an acting career for like a show like Thunder in Paradise. It was Vince was like, Hogan left and he went to Ted Turner. You know, <laughs> that's what I laugh about this. When I remember that. Remember that? Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's the thing I laugh about about this right this one right here. <laughs> but this match right here, it was it was one of those matches you wanted to see. Vince bringing up basically stuff that you shouldn't bring up and then Hogan reacting to it and Hogan basically like, "You know what? We're going to have a match at WrestleMania. I'm going to whip your ass, brother." <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it was it was so ridiculous how this was built, and they said it was like what ten or twelve years or whatever it was in the making, and it was absolutely ridiculous just because they're not the best promo cutters, so a lot of the lead up was just kind of funny, but yeah. like it was serious at the same time. But the match itself was absolutely brutal, and they did all kinds of things, leg drops off the of ladders through tables and all kinds of crazy stuff, and this ended up being a 20-minute match. It was our third longest match of the night, and Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, I'm sorry, ended up coming out on top. I remember, I still remember the blood just across his chest and all over his head. It was just crazy, ridiculous. Yeah, too much. I mean, thank God he didn't lose a lot of blood. But oh yeah, I mean, at the age and everything he was at, you had two old men basically fighting over a bagel. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, let's not forget this was also, I think one, if I'm not mistaken, one of the last times Mr. McMahon actually wrestled in a match outside, I think, of WrestleMania 22. Uh, so another thing to keep note of. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much because I think the uh, last couple of years with um, Shane McMahon. That street fight right there, that pretty mm -hmm. much did it for him. So he was pretty much done there. He's pretty much was pretty much yeah. done. Between that and this match, he was pretty spent because the only other match he had was a street fight against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22, and we know what kind of condition that left him in. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, we definitely know that. But I, I like to build up for this match and the history and everything between mm -hmm. these two icons. And having it come to head at this here, but the next match, mm -hmm. you very historic. Here's historic here because the story to this right here it made you think about it here. I'm talking about The Rock going up against Stone Cold Steve Austin single match, which was at 17 minutes and 55 seconds. Now, Chris Austin. <laughs> Has beaten The Rock twice at this time at WrestleMania, 
And Rock said, Rock has done it all. He went to Hollywood. He was in big movies. But the one thing he never did was whip that bald candy ass. Yeah. That's the only thing he has not done. Right there. Yeah, this was uh, Hollywood Rock at this point. Yeah. And, uh, Hamburglar. Yeah, that's right. Hamburglar. <laughs> but this was very, very historic, not only because this was the third and final meeting between these two at WrestleMania, but this was also Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match. Uh, because of spinal stenosis and neck issues, he had to retire after this match. Uh, so this was the very last time we ever saw Stone Cold Steve Austin in a wrestling ring wrestling. Yeah, the last time, last time. And there was rumors going around about what was on the side of his uh, vest he wore to the ring. It said, uh, one more round, or it said, on my last rocker. People mm-hmm. were coming up with stuff. You know, he, he said, one more round. That was it. That was it. He went on and uh, had one hell of a match. What oh, I yeah. like about this match, I went back a while back ago and watched it just for the hell of it. And <laughs> The Rock came out on top and defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everyone was shocked. They expected Austin to win. But if you think about it, that kind of closed the door in the chapter of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And why not have it with The Rock? That basically, with everything he's been through in his career, Rock just end it, and then him right off in the sunset. Why, you know, WrestleMania, the biggest show showcase of immortals mm-hmm. in wrestling history. Why not have that be the closing chapter of your career, and you just walk off in the sunset, though? But. One thing I like about this match, I like how Raw Austin used the Rock's finisher on him, and the oh, Rock yeah. used Stone Cold's finisher on him. <laughs> I was laughing. The Rock almost pulled it off. Uh, do you? All right. Almost three think, times. Yeah. Do you think the Rock executed Stone Cold's stunner better, or just about as good as oh. Austin? <laughs> I think they both did it beautifully to one another. It was gorgeous, but uh, yeah, really great stuff, and it was a really great match. Uh, definitely saw him go tit for tat when it came to finishers in this one. It, uh, even The Rock putting on Stone Cold's vest, so it was uh, it was really good, really entertaining. Yeah, this this was entertaining there, and I was shocked when Austin lost, and then when he yeah. left, the ovation and everything he got when he left and he walked out of the arena, that was great. That was great, though. But, I mean, everything you look up on Stone Cold, that speaks for itself after his WrestleMania match here. Uh, one of my favorite Stone Cold and Rock Austin feud matches here and how it didn't go like I planned. But I loved it. I loved it. I definitely did love it there. But let's talk about another great two talents that was up and coming. You saw Chris with the match before, an end of an era. Let's move on. Two mm, guys. The new era. The new era. One, both of these guys did fantastic in this new era. Talking about Brock Lesnar going up against Kurt Angle for the mm-hmm. WWE Championship match here. Um, had Angle been counted out or disqualified, he would have lost the title. And 
Angle was a heel at the time. People still loved him. And then Lesnar was a badass heel. And then Mm -hmm. he turned face and people even loved him more. Yeah, it was a crazy time where it was like so easy to change face and heel. Like, (laughs) you can change it like your underwear, man. It was crazy then. It was crazy. It was crazy here. The one moment out of this match, Chris, shooting star press. Okay. Star Press, you want to follow up on that? All right. So before we get the shooting star press, this match overall was an amazing match, start to finish, great chemistry. Two of the stiffest guys in the industry, two of the most talented guys in the industry at this point, uh, which led us eventually to Brock Lesnar trying to go for the shooting star press. The shooting star press was supposed to be the finish for this match. Uh, what ended up happening though is Brock Lesnar. Well, first off, Kurt Angle was too far away. Brock Lesnar misjudged uh, the how far away he was. Went for the shooting star press. Now, keep in mind, Brock Lesnar had done the shooting star press a bunch of times in OVW as a regular move. Uh, so he was very well-versed in it. Hadn't pulled it out in a couple of years, mind you, but still was very well-versed at it. Uh, didn't get enough rotation. Landed pretty much straight up on his face, giving himself a massive concussion, but still was in a frame of mind to cover Angle, kick out, pick him up, F5 him, and win the match. Now, with how that worked out, with the, how a lot of the, the documentaries go, uh, a lot of the guys were very worried about Lesnar. You know, it's your top horse who was supposed to be winning the title. Uh, it's now, you know, got a busted tire. So uh, you're, they, a lot of people were really worried. But Lesnar, Lesnar is an animal. Dude's a freak. So I'm not surprised how he bounced back. Uh, he did take a lot of time off after this, though. I think him and Angle both were out because both of them got injured from this match and were out, I believe, three or four weeks each. Uh, Angle uh, ended up out a little bit longer than Lesnar, but uh, it was such an amazing match, and I really wonder, I always wonder, what would have happened if Brock Lesnar had actually hit that shooting star press? Same here. I I wonder what the hell would happen. The The finish would probably have been a lot different and, uh, oh, probably a lot different. Yeah, a lot different with what you've seen, but I I thought I thought Lesnar broke his damn neck, man. <laughs> I thought oh, he, a lot of I thought he did. broke his neck. I thought he broke his neck. I was like, God dang! Look at this guy <laughs> doing shooting star person. Kurt Angle did the same thing. About broke mm-hmm. his neck too. These guys, it showed how much passion that these guys cared for for the for what they did in this company here. And mm-hmm. Lesnar winning that championship after everything he went through that year was like, damn, we're going a new direction with this new talent here. But pretty much one of my favorite, one of my favorite WrestleMania matches right here. And uh, it ended up being a 21, 21 minute and zero seven second match there. And pretty much... WrestleMania 19. Damn, dude. <laughs> this great this show. Great show. Great show. Great show. But, you know, when it comes to WrestleMania, let me go ahead and put the camera on you right here. Right there. When it comes to WrestleMania, nothing is like a 10-year anniversary to the first one or a 20-year you know, oh, you yeah. mean this one? <laughs> Let me uh, pull this up here. Do I start the camera on you? I, start... I don't know. Yes, yes, I do. I have that one. 
one of my favorites. <laughs> I have two copies of this. One's a collector's edition. One's the normal edition. Damn you. <laughs> Talk about WrestleMania 20 right there. As you see Chris Carnage here holding up in his hand right there. WrestleMania 20 right there is such a great pay-per-view with a lot of matches. That's why it's made it onto our list right here. This one right here took place where it all started, Chris. It started mm -hmm. at the showcase of Immortals at Madison Square Garden. One of my favorite WrestleManias for the fact is the storylines for this WrestleMania, Chris, was mm -hmm. freaking phenomenal. No pun intended. Haha. <laughs> we kicked off this match here at Madison Square Gardens for WrestleMania 20. With That's right. John Cena going up against the big show for the United States Championship. One of my favorite John Cena matches. Uh, yes, I have John's favorite John Cena matches. One of my favorites. And uh, you should know why. Oh, yeah. This this match right here. John Cena was hot. He was basically making that flip. That twist from heel to face. And why not have it against Big Show for the United States Championship? And totally makes sense. During this match here. A lot of stuff was going on. Big Show dominating, dominating, dominating. Big Show being Big Show. Mm -hmm. Then Cena started getting upper hand, upper hand, upper hand. The turning point of this match, man, was for the fact that you seen that you seen Cena <laughs> grab his chain that he'd come out the ring with, knock out Big Show, hoist. 500 pounds up on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. No one has ever at this point handled the freaking big show like that. When I well, was sitting there watching this, I other than off, Brock Lesnar, but you know, <laughs> I came off my seat. I was like, God dang. I was like, look at this guy. My brother was like, Oh my God, John Cena. That's what made John like him. Like John Cena. F five, his ass one, two, three, win his first championship. The United States Championship, man. What are your thoughts on this, man? <laughs> this match uh, here. Historic. It was John Cena's very first Mania because John Cena was uh, actually injured uh, and could not wrestle at WrestleMania 19, uh, which a lot of people didn't realize that either. Uh, but John Cena finally made his debut this year <clears throat> and was uh, able to take have a great match with Big Show, roll back and forth. Big Show coming out big early, but... Yeah, Cena going out and giving him a big old F you, uh, or sorry, what is it now? The attitude adjustment or whatever he's calling yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, funny how he renames it that. Uh, but John Cena going over and capturing his first title on the grandest stage of them all, really setting the stage for the rest of his career, uh, really hu huge and historic onto itself. Yeah, this, this pay-per-view right here, I mean, this opening match right here was just freaking great here. I loved it. I loved it. And... It ran for about nine minutes, 14 seconds, and John Cena mm -hmm. capturing his first championship gold, the United States Championship, and uh, he went on the great things with this. He definitely mm -hmm. did. But our next match, though, we saw uh, a tag team keep their gold when we saw Booker T and Rob Van Dam coming in as the champions, taking on the Dudley Boys, uh, Garrison Cade and Mark Jindrak, and La Resistance. 
back then, there was a lot of tag teams at the time. Uh, Garrison Kate and Mark Jinjak were a random one put together. Both of them were out of company within within a year. But the Dudley Boys still were making it happen. La Resistance was a decent little tag team at the time as well. Ended up winning some tag gold. Uh, but Booker T and Rob Van Dam was one of those random tag teams that just had really good chemistry together. And it was really crazy to see what they were able to do in the ring together. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What a, what a take, like I said, within a year or a couple of years. I mean, hell, he was wrestling at uh, 17 or three years. Uh, Triple H for World Heavyweight t- Championship. Three years later, he's uh, put together Rob Van Dam going after the Tag Team Championships, man. What a change of events. Right there. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. you got to keep in mind, too, with uh, Booker T. Uh, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, and Kane all ended up in some type of tag team with one another at one point or another. Booker T and Rob Van Dam, Rob Van Dam and Kane in 2003 as well, and Kane and Booker T. A lot of people don't realize that they actually were a tag team at one point as well. So uh, really crazy to see how everybody ended up kind of just, you know, going through the tag team shuffle. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, pretty much. But... There was only one winner in this match, which was uh, <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> Booker T and Rob Van Dam. That's the, right. The other three teams to win the uh, World Tag Team Championships, and uh, they went on to uh, they held on to the titles there for a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, they had a little run with it before they dropped them. I think uh, to La Resistance a little later on. So uh, definitely not too surprised to see how that worked out. But in our next match, this was one that was uh, kind of interesting in a lot of ways. Christian taking on Chris Jericho as part of a lover's quarrel uh, over Trish Stratus. So it was uh, quite an interesting angle they took with this one. We haven't seen Jericho involved in too many love angles. uh, But it was interesting to see how this ended up playing out all the way to the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it definitely did, Chris. It definitely did uh, learn. Yeah, you learn and seeing how this played out right here. I mean, this match lasted about 15 minutes and three seconds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, with a lover's quarrel. <laughs> Best way to put it. It was, it was, I mean, what else can you say? What else can you say? Trish Stratus going with uh, Christian over mm-hmm. Jericho. Screwing him out. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Basically, there you go. Not much more to say, huh? <laughs> no, not a whole lot to say about that no. one. But our next match, though, very exciting. It was a handicap tag team match between Evolution, uh, being made up of Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair, taking on the Rock and Sock connection of Mick Foley and the Rock, reuniting uh, for this match. And let's not forget this WrestleMania 20. This was Randy Orton's debut a WrestleMania match as well. Yeah. I I loved how The Rock was feuding with, uh, I don't know, was it Mick Foley? Yeah, at one point they were feuding, and that's how you ended up with like, the tense tag team that they had. And you ended up with the uh, uh, This Is My Life segment and all that kind of stuff back in the late 90s. So yeah. uh, to see him roll into this, you saw Mick Foley was feuding. Uh, heavily with Evolution. The Rock had already taken a step away at this point. He hadn't wrestled a match, actually, since 
backlash uh, of 03 when he wrestled Goldberg. So uh, it had been almost a year since The Rock had wrestled. Uh, so it was uh, really great to see The Rock come back in Mick Foley's corner and, and do this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It was Mick Foley, and then he called in The Rock. And everyone's like, yeah, The Rock has sock connection. It's going to defeat Evolution. No. Yeah, no, no. No. I had high hopes for this, Chris, and it was shattered. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, son yeah. of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Yeah. I was wanting Rocket Sock to win here, but you know what? Evolution. I'm glad they went over because they ended up they ended up going on the great things and ended up a seventeen minute even match right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty much just even there. But Next match. Oh, oh, one God. one of two black eyes. <laughs> Tori Wilson uh, and Sable going up against Miss Jackie and Stacy Keebler in a Playboy evening gown match at two minutes and 41 seconds. <laughs> well, damn, I wish I had my soundboard now for this. Oh, don't worry. I got you covered. <laughs> Uh, now, the one thing about this here, the one thing about this here, okay. <laughs> Let me look at this uh, match card here. I just had it on my, on my thought here. Okay. You have uh, Tori Wilson, Sable, Miss Jackie, and Stacey Keebler. Two out of the two were in Playboy at that time. And these mm-hmm. were basically the last two. Almost, no, no. Maria, that's later on down the road there. Um, that ended up having that relationship with Playboy where we had divas at that time showing up in the pages of Playboy. And then every 14-year-old, 13-year-old at the time was like, hey, Dad, can you go to the store and get me a Playboy? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, yeah, the match was kind of like, eek, whatever. Because they were still in that divas, you know, thing. But um, Chavo Guerrero with um, Chavo Classic defeated Akko, Billy Kidman, Funaki, Jamie Noble, Nunzio, Rey Mysterio, Shannon Moore, Tajiri, and Ultimo Dragon. Uh, yes, this was the Cruiserweight Open for yeah, the-, the Cruiserweight Championship. <laughs> God dang, man. What the hell happened in this match Chris uh, a train wreck to the max that's really what this match was in a lot of ways just because of the fact that like this was literally just a throw together match they threw a lot of these guys in here kind of last minute in a lot of cases uh, but it was never it literally was just supposed to be a filler match and Chavo Guerrero ended up retaining the title at the end of it uh, so you know was what it was but it was pretty entertaining for what it was 11 minutes and uh 31 seconds. Yep. Yeah, it was it was entertaining, though, but you're like, God dang, what the hell am I watching here? What am I watching? So, pretty much, what you see is what you get. Goldberg! 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 Oh, the other black eye of this show? Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg! Going up against Brock Lesnar. And a singles match with 
Stone Gold's Dave Austin has the special guest referee at 13 minutes and 43 seconds. Now, if you don't do what Stone Cold does, he's going to stun your ass and walk it. I'm stump a metal hole in you and walk you dry. Yeah, this, this, this match was a travesty. Now, let me just mention one thing about this, Chris. Remember back before, I think this was, what year was this right here? Refresh me. 2004. Okay. Remember back in the day before the internet, before dirt sheets and everything? Oh, yeah, and you had to call the little call line and try and get any little rumors you could? Yeah, yeah. Basically, the internet was starting to go in full string at, swing at this time, Chris. And it came out that Lesnar was going to UFC and Goldberg was leaving. And no, uh, Actually, actually, Lesnar was not going to UFC, not yet. At this oh, point, oh, oh. Lesnar Lesnar left and went and tried his hand at the NFL. Ended up yes. getting on the Minnesota Vikings training squad wearing number 69. But during joint practices with the Kansas City Chiefs, he kept getting into fights with the other players. Uh, so he ended up being cut by week three of the preseason, then went to K-1 Pride, and then ended up in UFC. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I forgot about that right there. Got right. you covered, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Goldberg, on the other hand, he was pretty much done. He was pretty much done with everything they were doing with him and his character at uh, WWE at that time, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he ended up stepping away, and I believe he was doing television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much he was done. The crowd's reaction. Now, let me ask you, if the internet and no one at that time knew what was going on and the internet did not exist like it did now, how do you think this match would have went? I think How it still would have been a shit show, only because Goldberg and Lesnar both were not in it, and that's the issue. Okay, they both were leaving. Both didn't want. Goldberg was more of a last minute thing. People knew Lesnar was out the door, but at this point, Goldberg was always more of a quiet person. So not a lot of people, like not a lot of people, knew always what was going on and on in his head. So uh, they found out, I believe, the week of WrestleMania that he was going to be leaving after this match. Pretty much, pretty much, he was done with. He was done with. So, but I tell you, I like the finish with Stone Cold Steve Austin giving them both stunners and just... That's very right. <laughs> pretty much, that was pretty much all that he could do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just a shitstorm of a match, right? Oh, yeah, definitely was a shitstorm from the start <laughs> to finish. Yeah. Definitely was. Next match, he had Ricky Rikishi. Yeah, I need the glasses. Rishik, uh, Rikishi and Scotty Hottie. What? You okay there? Yeah. I told you my eyesight. Rikishi and Scotty Hottie going up against APA, the Basham brothers. I remember those guys. Yeah, Danny and Doug. <laughs> Danny and Doug Bash. And the world's greatest tag team. Who is the world's greatest tag team? Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Bingo. Fatal four-way for the WWE Tag Team Championship match. At six minutes and eight seconds here. Chris? Oh, yeah. This uh, this was a cool-down match. Uh, this match was only six minutes long with four teams, so I can tell you that everybody got only like a couple of minutes each uh, in this match. 
So you also had the champions retain. This was a match. It was a solid match, but it was not meant to be anything more than a cool-down match after Lesnar and Goldberg. So uh, it was what it was, and you saw uh, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati go over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pretty much you pretty much seen those guys go over because of the pay-per-view here, this match here. But, I mean... <laughs> Fatal four ways for the tag team title match. How do you feel about those? How do you feel actually about those? I, I, I think <laughs> they're usually clusters. Like, you know, it's, yeah, and that's the thing is that you had two fatal four way matches for the tag titles. Uh, you had the world tag team titles defended earlier with the champions retaining, and then you get the WWE tag team titles uh, in a fatal four way with the champions retaining. So it was like, I felt like it was more filler, but it was still like somewhat entertaining matches and like cool stuff. So, uh, I mean, it is what it is, but generally I try to stay away from those kind of matches. I agree. I definitely agree. Now, the match after that, we had the uh, hair versus title match uh, yes. for the WWE Championship match. You had Victoria going up against Molly Holly. Victoria. All the way up until this moment, Chris, she was a heel. No one cared about yep. I mean, hated her. Then they flipped her face and put her up against Molly Holly because she was with right to censor, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the big thing is that yeah. this ended up being so polarizing and more polarizing than people thought. And Molly Holly went all in losing that hair after she lost to Victoria in this match. And it wasn't the longest match. It was only about a seven-minute match, but... Still, it was a very, very solid match. Victoria and Molly Holly were very confident professionals, especially at this time. So, very well worked match. And uh, oh man, seeing Molly Holly get her hair shaved off was was honestly classic. Yeah, it uh, it definitely was a classic right there. Seeing that happen to her, but China, I mean Victoria, how do you how do you flip her from being a heel to a face? Hey. Put her up against someone like Molly Holly because everyone mm-hmm. freaking hates her. <laughs> and Molly Holly was a great heel. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. So there's how you get Victoria over. And it worked. It definitely worked, man. Eddie Guerrero. Dude, going up against Kurt Angle in a singles match for the WWE Championship at 21 minutes and 36 seconds. Yep. Second God year in the row, Kurt dang. Angle is wrestling for the title. Crazy, crazy. What are your uh, what's your take on this one? Uh, this match was classic. Eddie Guerrero was really coming out of a shell and uh, was already champion at this point. Had already uh, beaten Brock Lesnar the month previous at No Way Out. Uh, so Eddie Guerrero was at the highest of highs right now um, during this time. And when he wrestled Angle, Angle is just amazing. That guy can make anybody look good. And they had a great match with a great finish with Eddie Guerrero slipping out of his boot while being put in the ankle lock and uh, ended up being able to hit the frog splash. And uh, it was a really great match. And uh, Eddie Guerrero coming out as, out on out on top as champion. I cannot English right now. I think it's getting too late. I see my, uh, my senioritis is showing. <laughs> Your trip, man. At least it's not coronavirus. But uh, at yeah. the end of the day, though, uh, still great match. And uh, this one was probably one of the better matches of the entire show. Mm-hmm. I agree. I definitely I definitely agree right there. This, I love the finish. I love the finish. How Eddie. <laughs> Dude, Eddie in the boot. Boom. There you yep. go. So there classic. You go. So classic. So classic right there. And 
he uh, he pretty much wins. I mean, his WWE Championship, but you have the Undertaker, the Dead Man, the um, Undertaker you remember from back then, coming back, resurrecting, and going against Kane in a single match, which was about seven minutes and forty-seven seconds here. Dude, the Undertaker coming back as he did. We so just a that. quick, uh, just a quick interruption, real quick, uh, because uh, my co-host at Final Score kind of already pulled the trigger on it. It was already announced just now, uh, or actually a little bit ago. Final Score will be going live here soon. You want to know what for? What's that? It's going to be exciting. So Final Score uh, this Sunday. Uh, we'll be starting having a selection episode where we're going to select 64 sports movies uh, to be a part of our sports movie tournament called Sports Movie Madness uh, between us and the Couch Dad podcast. Uh, so definitely make sure that you check out Final Score this weekend. Expect more info to drop tomorrow. Uh, but we will be going live Sunday night at 9 p.m. Uh, with the Couch Dad podcast and George over there. Uh, and it's going to be a great, great show as we pick uh, the 64 sports movies that are going to be split into our four regions this Sunday night. Damn. That right there is a lot of content, though. But be sure, please vote. Please, yeah, definitely vote. vote. Uh, we should have probably hopefully a lot of that up uh, this upcoming week, but we'll have more info Sunday night at 9 o'clock on Final Score episode 52, uh, which we are now dubbing the Sports Movie Madness episode. So definitely make sure you check us out uh, at PCN Final Score on Facebook. Nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. I'm definitely going to vote and see what selections you guys have there. But um, anyone can... Uh, Fans, vote. Please vote. But Undertaker going against Kane with Paul mm -hmm. Bear. Paul Bear. Okay. Previous, like we talked about before, Chris, Paul Bear. I mean, Undertaker. You haven't seen them together since the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About the early '90s, I believe, was the last time uh, WrestleMania 13. I, I think, is the most ominous one that I can remember. But this was huge. Taker uh, being buried alive at, uh, I believe, it was Survivor, uh, Survivor Series by Kane uh, yes. when Taker was having his match with Mr. McMahon, uh, and now I end up leading into this match. And the, I remember the clip packages being so epic, and the lead up people not believing that Taker was going to come back. And then they ended up coming back and having this great uh, almost eight minute match and uh, was really, really entertaining. A lot of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. That's what I loved about this match, man. Undertaker coming back. You didn't expect he was going to come back like he did. And he did. He came back and surprised a lot of people. And he still had it. He still definitely had it, man. And Oh, yeah, for I sure. I loved it. I loved what he did right there. And that was the return of the dead man. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Pretty much was. Now, final main event. Triple threat. Oh, yes. for the For the World Heavyweight Championship. Chris Benoit going up against Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And that went on from uh, 
Oh, man. 12, 24 minutes and 51 seconds with a uh, triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship there. Now, who's your pick to win this one? Uh, going into this, I was so hoping for Chris Benoit. Uh, but the lead-up to this match was amazing. Chris Benoit having having won the Royal Rumble from the number one spot, uh, goes all the way through, wins the Rumble, Ends up uh, challenging for the world heavyweight title. And, of course, Shawn Michaels was already embroiled in this already, having his feud with Triple H at the time, uh, which ended up kind of carrying over. He ended up getting his way into this match. Uh, a lot of things happened with Chris Benoit's position in this match. A lot of great, great storyline leading up. But this match was set to be basically Triple H for Shawn Michaels with Benoit in it. And that's yeah. how it was worked. And it was beautiful how they worked this match. Instant classic. Again, you know how I love my triple threat matches. And it was really great to see how this one was worked. So much intrigue, so many surprises. And, of course, Benoit winning it with the cripple cross face on Triple H, on the champion, uh, to end up win his first ever World Heavyweight Championship uh, was such an awesome, awesome moment to see. And I know a lot of people are sitting here probably with their own viewpoints listening to me go on about Benoit. Listen, the guy, what the guy did was horrible, okay, outside of the ring. However, for what he did inside of it, he was one of the best to ever step inside of a wrestling ring in the history of professional wrestling. And I will fight anybody over that. And trust me, my F5 is nastier than yours, so don't even try me. But at the end of the day, Benoit... And what he did in this match was absolutely amazing. And, of course, the moment we had with our WWE champion, Eddie Guerrero, and our world heavyweight champion, Chris Benoit, being able to embrace and hold their titles up at the closing of WrestleMania 20, at the granddaddy of them all, the 10-year anniversary of the 10-year anniversary. It was just one of the most iconic moments in professional wrestling. Yeah, it uh, it, def- it definitely was because... I, that's what that's what I love about twenty, Chris. Just how it how it started off with a bang, and then it ended right there with two friends, right there. Let me go screenshot that right there. Get the camera on me. There we go, right there. Just a great pay per view right there. Just a fantastic and everything about that right there, which I love, and I'm sure a lot of people would love as well, but. Chris, let's talk about. Oh God, you have it. Let's talk of about this I one do. right there. WrestleMania 30. This is the only pay-per-view, modern WWE pay-per-view on our top five, and there's a big reason. Yes, there's a reason why, and yes, there's a reason why we picked. This one for our top five. And yes, you probably know that reason why. Don't you know why, Chris? Yes, yes. I do know why. You do know why. You do know why. Because I brought this to your attention. The thing I like about WrestleMania 30. Okay. Let me go ahead and pull up the uh, match card here. Yeah, while you do that, this took place uh, April 6, 2014 at the New Orleans Superdome, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, or if you're Hulk Hogan, it's the uh, Silverdome, brother. Uh, so, you know, remember to eat your vitamins and say your prayers. Uh, so this show was so amazing, start to finish. 
uh, with a lot of firsts. Uh, was a much uh, smaller card than we've seen. Most of the manias we've had on this list have been anywhere from 10 to 12 matches. This, including the pre-show match, is eight matches long. Uh, so this is actually one of the shorter manias in that respect. However, you had four matches go over 20 minutes. Uh, Daniel Bryan himself wrestled almost an hour's worth of wrestling in this show. Uh, so it's absolutely amazing to see what was done as well as some of the historic moments. Uh, this mania was historic on so many levels uh, from the streak to Daniel Bryan, uh, even with what John Cena was able to accomplish, AJ Lee, and what, ended up, what even ended up happening to her after this show. Like So many, so many epic, epic moments. Uh, but I guess we got to start right from the top. Yes. And that was the pre-show match, which was a... Damn it, why can't WWE get away from these? A fatal four-way tag team elimination match for the WWE tag team titles. No wonder it's on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Usos going up against last minute uh Manadores. Yeah, Manadores with uh with El Torre against the Real Americans with Zeb Coulter and Rybaxel. Curtis Axel and Ryback there. Fatal four way. Tag team match there. It's 16 minutes and 13 seconds there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Usos, man. Those guys were on fire. I you know what's say- funny, though? Yeah. This match actually wasn't bad. It's just, damn it, WWE with yet another fatal four-way tag team title match at Mania. <laughs> it became Give it a, a rest. topic. It became a topic and it became a trend afterwards there. Did it not? You know what's funny is that we jumped 10 years in Manias, and 10 years ago at WrestleMania 20, or before this throw, uh, we had two Fatal 4-Way tag matches for the tag titles. We're here 10 years later, and nothing's changed. Pretty much. Like, pretty much, gosh. man. <laughs> this is crazy. And, you, and you know what's even funnier? You know what's even funnier? You want to talk about parallels? WrestleMania 20 main event, triple threat, uh, triple threat match for the heavyweight title. WrestleMania 30, triple threat match for the heavyweight title. Just saying. <laughs> I agree with you. I I definitely agree with you. But Usos defeated, and they they captured the, the uh, tag team championships, which was great at that time because of uh, everything going on with the Usos. Right, right, yeah. But here you go. Here's the match right here. You open up with Daniel Bryan coming out with mm-hmm. 40, 40, 50,000 people, sixty thousand. Yes. He comes out to the ring. Triple H comes out. And he gets a big pop. You're like, God damn. Huge pop. This and this is also when he came out on his little tricycle with his wife, if I'm not mistaken. No. No, it's just him. He came to the ring by himself. He he walked to the ring. And uh, she was there. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking the next yeah, year when he came out on yeah, his tricycle yeah, yeah. against Sting. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That was the robots. Yeah, that was. I'm Terminator. saying it's always something ridiculous with Triple H nowadays. Yeah. The Terminator. The Terminator thing. No, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But Daniel Bryan goes up against a match against Triple H. Singles match. The winner mm-hmm. was entered into the World Heavyweight Championship match later that night. Now, if you look at this, Chris. This kind of almost planted the seeds for Batista versus Triple H later down the road. 
Because, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Triple H is like, oh, I'll, I'll enter myself in it. If I can beat you, then I'm going to get the championship. Batista is like, hey, man, um, I didn't come back from Hollywood after doing a successful blockbuster movie to have you come in and take my championship that I'm going to win. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so forth. That's basically what it was. But, dude, story to this, god dang, Chris. This right here was a great story. Everything that happened. Yeah. With so much tied Daniel into it. Brian, man. Jeez. Damn. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. Just because the amount of story and, and thought that was put in this as part of the yes movement and everything going wrong with Daniel Bryan being the B B plus player and everything they put into this. This was months and months and months of storyline that was driven all the way back from SummerSlam all the way to WrestleMania. And it was absolutely amazing to see what they did with this. This is honestly one, probably one of my all time favorite storylines they have ever done. And honestly, you know how I, I love to cut together my own promo videos and do all kinds of fun stuff especially with wrestling but the promo package they had as the hype video for this match was one of the most amazing ones i had ever ever witnessed it was set to the song monster uh, yeah. but it was absolutely amazing from beginning to end the match was amazing beginning to end and this match as the opener for mania was the longest match of the night uh coming in at almost 26 minutes long so absolutely amazing hats off to both of uh daniel bryan and triple h for putting on such a great show uh and and really kicking off wrestlemania the way it needed to be kicked off Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely need to be kicked off like that right there. It definitely. Yeah. Did. Now, Daniel Bryan defeats Triple H. Yep. He goes on and he's in the main event, but Triple H was so furious he hurt Daniel Bryan's arm. He hurt his arm. Oh no! Oh no! Daniel Bryan, how is he gonna? How is he gonna? You know, compete later on in the night with the. Uh, oh man! Yeah. Are, yeah. Are, you, are, oh. are you saying there's another wrinkle to the story? Yeah, there's another wrinkle to the damn story, man. Shit. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. But you know what? Before we even it, got to all of that, though, there was all these other matches. Because let's not yeah. forget the Shield taking on Kane and the New Age Outlaws right after that match. Oh, God. You know what's funny about that? Okay. The Shield was used by the New Age Outlaws to do mm-hmm. dirty work. When the cat came out of the bag that the Shield uh, was just lackeys. Oh, they didn't like that. Oh, hell no. Hell no. This would be the second WrestleMania where the Shield has come in and kicked ass and left. Literally. I remember that. I remember the promo. Uh, what was it? Kane was out there, and he's like, hey, and all of a sudden, dun, 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 dun. they came through the crowd there. <laughs> they basically oh, yeah. They whipped their ass, and they left. And that was it. The crowd was like, yeah. It's like, follow that up. Well, you did before. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> next, we had um, Cesaro g- winning. The uh, 31-man battle, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. 
And this was wow. the very, very first wow. one. Just to give you a rundown of everybody that was in this match, you had Yoshitatsu, Brad Maddox, Brodus Clay, The Great Kali, Zack Ryder, Darren Young, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, Heath Slater, Mark Henry, Titus O'Neil, The Miz, uh, Santino Morella, Xavier Woods, Damian Sandow, Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, Big E, Fandango, R-Truth, Sin Cara, Tyson Kidd, Goldust, Cody Rhodes, Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Alberto Del Rio, Sheamus, and of course, Big Show. Damn. That is nuts, man. Yeah. That, and it was the first one they had ever done. This was the first ever Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And they've been doing it every year since. I was happy to see Cesaro win it. He oh, won I was it. too. And then what's funny was Chris, they're like, whoever wins this trophy, they go on the big things. Okay, I'm still waiting. Cesaro, yeah. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm still right, waiting, man. Well, that and a lot of people thought it was going to be Big Show because given it was Andre the Giant, he was, Big Show was the next big wrestler, you know what I mean? The big size wrestler to take in those shoes. So people thought Big Show was going to win this all day long. So it was really surprising to see Cesaro win it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Big Show got his ne- the next year, though, so no worries. Yeah, pretty much. Uh yeah, he pretty much uh, got his uh, winnings right there. But um, damn, uh, the next match, John Cena going up the the Eater of Worlds. We have we got Bray Wyatt with the Eric Rowan and Luke Hopper. Is that not a good impersonation right there for you? <laughs> throwing it back but i remember all the storyline that went into this match it was kind of quickly thrown together i felt like but uh not too surprising to see how this one turned out it ended up being a, a 22 and a half minute match of uh john cena doing five moves of doom over and over and over bray wyatt doing some interesting things himself but uh this was this was early bray wyatt this isn't like the fiend that we have now or even the bray wyatt we had before that so this is early bray wyatt so uh Still, Bray Wyatt was getting his feet wet at this point, especially with his character. But uh, still, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. It's it definitely it definitely was still a good match because Bray tried to make Bray tried to make uh, how would you say this? He tried to make Cena go into his hate and everything, and that mm, did yeah. not happen for the fact that Cena was good and nothing can stop Cena. And the Cena Nation and the Cena defeated Bray Wyatt, the year of worlds there. Pretty mm-hmm. so much Bray Wyatt <laughs> went down to the river and he was uh, anointed by the fact that John Cena has defeated the Eater of Worlds. But next month, the following month, we're going to get a little kid that was possessed like the exorcist. And we we going to make sure John Cena didn't defeat me. I am the feeder of worlds. There you, you go. You, you, you okay there? <laughs> yeah. You, you need a minute? I just I love, love getting into it, man. I love that old Bray Wyatt, man. I love that old Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. You know, you know what I love, too? <laughs> <laughs> like John Cena said, he sounded like a ladies' man. But um, what oh else do you love there? <laughs> oh my gosh, you kill me! I love the fact that we were able to see something really historic at this WrestleMania, and that was in our next match with Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman in his corner taking on the Undertaker, where we saw the absolute 
unthinkable Don't happen. Say it. Don't say That's it. That's right. Don't Brock Lesnar broke the streak. <sighs> no, 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 no. But yeah, it happened. <laughs> yeah, it happened. <laughs> That's how it I gave way to was. some of the most iconic memes of the time too. Oh God, yeah. that uh, that one uh, African American guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I damn. I'll tell you what, classic man. God dang, yeah, it was. I didn't expect that. All right, all right, now. This match went on for about, let me look at here, 25 minutes and 12 seconds here. Now, apparently during this match, sometime in this match, Brock Lesnar ended up, or no, Undertaker, excuse me, Undertaker ended up getting a concussion, and he was wrestling, yep. and the lights were on, but no one was home. But um, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, I don't know if I've ever asked this to you. What was your reaction when Lesnar hit that F5? One, two, three. Uh, I think Tell I literally me. looked at the person next to me and said, holy shit, it finally happened. Uh, <laughs> it finally happened. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked, honestly, but I wasn't surprised because... It's Brock Lesnar. You know, who else are you going to have come back and break the streak than the one guy Taker worked with better than anybody, and that was Brock Lesnar. Uh, and that's the crazy thing. Brock Lesnar and Undertaker are actually very close. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, Brock Lesnar severely impressed Undertaker when Lesnar first started out in his first year in the company to the point where Taker made it known that uh, no one was to mess with Lesnar, which is also why Lesnar, I think, ended up growing the big, biggest head as he did, but that's a whole other thing. But at the end of the day... Uh, it, it made sense, but it was just utterly shocking. And it was just one of those moments where you're like, oh, man, this is it. T the taker's done. How You broke the streak. What, 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 is there to, what is there to do now? So it was, it was very shocking, surprising. People really thought this was the end of Taker, which obviously we knew was not the case, given that he came back uh, not even, what, the very next year. And had his match with Bray Wyatt. So it was really crazy to see how it all went down, but uh, not at all, in my opinion, very shocking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to, I have to agree with you right there that it was shocking, but it wasn't after I did the research of finding out 2010 undertaker did an interview and he was asked, who would you want to break the streak? He said, Brock Lesnar four years mm -hmm. later, Brock Lesnar breaks the streak, and he's the most hated guy in wrestling. But, but you know what? Figure. It worked perfectly for Brock Lesnar just because that's where he ended up with the one who put the one and 21 and one and all the great shirts and all the great promos and yes. all the work Paul Heyman did after that. It was yes. really good stuff. Oh, yeah. It it definitely was definitely was great there. But um, besides that match right there, AJ Lee defeated... Uh, Basically, all the women, I'm not going to name off here. All, all the, the women, women they can find. Yeah, all the women they, they can find. I'm surprised they didn't find uh, Santino Marilla. They come Santina. back in. Satina. They come back in there, Chris. But um, she won this match, and uh, that solidified her as being the longest reigning Devious champion at 200 and. Uh, I think it was uh, 50 or 90 days. 
I think yeah, it was something like that. A little April Jeanette, AJ Lee. Uh, what was funny about this was this was the Vicky Guerrero Invitational match for the WWE Divas Championship. Uh, Vicky and AJ had their own little uh, storyline going at this time, so this was more about keeping AJ champion, even though she ended up putting her in this Invitational match. Uh, so a little bit of comedy wrapped around this was definitely a great way to try and cool off after seeing the historic end of the Undertaker streak and before going into our Triple Threat main event. So uh, it was a great match to cool off the crowd. Yeah, it it definitely was there. And the hype the hype around this man, you didn't know oh, what real. you didn't know what to expect from this match here. You didn't know if what kind of match this was going to be and it was kind of weird yeah. because it was like anyone can pin anyone, but AJ Literally. ended up winning and going on and uh retaining well, that uh Divas Championship. Well, you know that was because of Vicky Guerrero, but you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was all just to help keep the angles going at the time because we all know that fairly shortly after what happened with AJ Lee the next night on Raw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Because uh, someone came in and declared it their house. We'll keep it as that there. <laughs> yeah, if you remember what happened, maybe yes. hit it up, us up in the comments. Let us know. But uh, our main event, though, yeah. absolutely amazing. Uh, we saw Daniel Bryan beat Triple H in the opener to qualify for the triple threat match against Royal Rumble winner Batista and our WWE World Heavyweight Champion Randy Orton. This match was was something. Uh, this started out uh, with a lot of quick little spots because, again, you know how I love my triple threat matches. Yes. But... We started out with Daniel Bryan being able to be eliminated from this match very early on, ended up going backstage, started out being just Batista and Randy Orton. A lot of people were upset about it. Daniel Bryan, though, ends up coming back into this match, playing into that underdog role, showing that he will fight against all odds, Yes, and ended up coming back, having a great match with Orton and Batista, and ended up winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship on the grandest stage of them all. Yeah, dang. I loved it. I loved it. I loved the build-up for this. He started the pay-per-view. He ended the pay-per-view, and he walked out as the uh, WWE Champion, World Heavyweight Championship. Yep. He won it. Yep. He won it. He made Batista tap. I was like, bullshit. When they put him on the stretcher, Chris, I was like, bullshit. He's coming off that stretcher. Um, my wife is sitting there watching with me, and he came off the stretcher, and then when he oh, got Batista into the freaking, you know, the yes lock, and Batista went, dude, my wife jumped off the couch. She was like, oh, my God, he won it. I was jumped up next to her. I was like, yes, he did. Yes, yes. <laughs> I loved it. Story. I ain't going to lie. Great I ain't going to lie. I did it, too. Great, great freaking story, Chris. Start the finish. I loved it. I loved it, but um, we're pretty much pretty much done with our. We went through our top five there. Let's get a bigger. Yep, there you go. One of my favorite modern day WrestleManias, right here. Great story, great build up. You can't do it. You're a B plus player. Yes, you can. You believe in yourself, and you can do anything. That's what I loved about it. And yeah, such a great, such a great show. Little side note there. CM Punk put out a while back ago the original match card for WrestleMania 30. Did you see that tweet he put out there? He was cleaning. I actually stuff. did not. You did not? 
Dude. No. <laughs> dude, pretty much what you saw on WrestleMania 30 from the match card, believe it or not, happened. But except the main event was Daniel Bra- uh, Orton versus Batista. But Triple H versus CM Punk. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So, yeah, some stuff was switched around there. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And the date on that that was given to him was like back in January of uh, 2014, right before he quit WWE. Yeah. So, they already had the matches already booked or set on what they were doing for Mania back in January but creative that's a different story and everything but oh but um, oh it definitely is all yeah. right but we're at that time though yes we're, we've now been through uh what we consider to be the top five manias uh, of all time so now that we fully agree on what the top five are what is your top five specifically number number five WrestleMania 30 hmm Number four, WrestleMania 19. Number three, WrestleMania 20. Number two, 17. Number one. Yeah, my dog agrees. WrestleMania <laughs> three. That's my top Very five. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. All right, so my official top five would be for number five, WrestleMania 30. Number four, WrestleMania 20. Number three, WrestleMania 19. Number two, WrestleMania 3, which, yes, that means that my number one is WrestleMania 17, the most historic for the industry, the most historic for WWE, the most historic for the biggest heel uh, heel change in history, WrestleMania 17. Damn. Damn. Uh, That was a a heel swerve right there on me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Let, and again, ladies and gentlemen, this was not easy. This was, was not, not easy for Chris and my Chris and myself because we went back for about two or three days. Was it about two or three days? Yeah, about that. Maybe even longer, honestly. Yeah, about two or three days. We went back and forth, throwing numbers, numbers, numbers at each other, and we basically had about a. We came down to a, about a thirty-three and a third chance of actually putting a top five together that we both agree on mm-hmm. or top five. Or yeah. And this was not based off of main events. This was not based off of this match or that match. It was basically based off the card of what we liked about that mm-hmm. pay-per-view because dude, there's pay-per-views, there's matches where we wish we had this match, this match. This oh, match. sure. Put it together. And then had this match as our main event, but hey, here we are. It is what it is. It definitely is what it is, though. But um, damn, what a hell of a show tonight! What do you think? Yeah, definitely was. Definitely was, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you got WWE Network. If you're not on lockdown, Saturday night. Woo! Thank you. Saturday night, WrestleMania 
36 will be on Saturday night. Uh, what time yep. is that? Uh, 7 or 8 o'clock. Give me just a quick moment. This is the first time ever though WrestleMania will take place uh, over two days. So it's very interesting to see how this one will play out, uh, given the fact that we have never seen a WrestleMania be stretched over two days. Uh, they will start at 7 o'clock Eastern time, 7 p.m. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they will be shooting from the Performance Center. A lot of this, though, apparently has been pre-recorded, uh, given the pandemic uh, with coronavirus. Uh, but some of this, apparently, the rumor is, will be live. And that is to try and keep some type of excitement going uh, to make sure nothing gets leaked early. Uh, so definitely some big things, apparently, storyline-wise, that they plan on doing. But we'll definitely see how a lot of it shakes out. Uh, if you're going to catch it, though, you can only watch it on the WWE Network or order it on pay-per-view. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. And uh, before we do wrap it up here on this podcast here, uh, mm-hmm. the Everett Lee show here on this Thursday night, and uh, I got allergies, and they're starting to kick in right now. And oh, man, that's not good. kills me. Yeah, I'm, going, I'm about to go on a sneezing fit. So bear with me. And bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, right now. But um, well, while you're doing that, just make sure that you can find all things Chris Carnage on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Chris Carnage official on Twitter at Planet Carnage. And of course, on Instagram at the Chris Carnage. Definitely go on. Give me a like. Give me a follow. Uh, leave a comment. Hit me a message. Doesn't matter. Hit me up. We will talk. I love interacting with the fans, so definitely go check me out there as well. As Final Score, you can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PCN Final Score. And of course, if you heard earlier or saw any of our posts from Final Score, episode 52 will be coming up this Sunday as part of our Great Selection Sunday at 9 p.m. live here on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash PCN Final Score as we'll be bringing on a very special guest uh, from the uh, uh, uh the couch dads podcast as we will be making our selection and holding our select our sorry our selection day for the sports movie madness so definitely make sure that you come on and check us out 9 p.m this sunday night final score facebook page nice nice thank you thank you so much chris carnage and Mm -hmm. uh let me go ahead and uh mention this before i start going to another sneezing fit this time of the year, hell, it's just hell for me right now. It better not be coronavirus. No, I wouldn't be here right now. Oh God. <laughs> okay, I don't care. If I had the coronavirus, I'd still do this fucking show. Of course you would. <laughs> yes, I would. I would Good die man. on air just to do this show for you to entertain the masses, and I'd have my wife kick my fucking corpse. But uh. Podcasting Network, your top source for independent podcasting. You head over to podcasting.net. And uh, for the latest shows such as the Everett Lee Show, Chris Carnage Show, Final Score, Russell Popcast, Deathmatch Russell Podcast, Super Radio Brothers, Imaginary with Scott and Todd, and uh, ELS Uncut, and uh, Best Friend Podcast Show, and much, much more over at podcasting.net. Follow me on Twitter at Podcasting Net. Follow them on Facebook, Podcasting Network, and subscribe to the video portions of their podcast on YouTube, Podcasting Network, and right here on Twitch, at Podcast City Network. And uh, Everett Lee, you follow me on social media, right here at 
the Everly Show on Facebook. Give that thumbs up. And congratulations to myself, I have to say. And I want to thank everyone for 400 likes on the Everly Show Facebook yeah, page. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone who loves the content I put out each and every week. You can follow me. And uh, thank you for putting me up with these crazy times. But you can follow me. Give that thumbs up over on uh, Facebook page there, Everly Show. And uh, over on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at the Everly Instagram, Everly Show. And audio portions of this podcast, previous release podcast over on YouTube.com, Everly Show. Stitcher Radio iTunes and podbeam.com Everett Lee show. And, uh, I want to mention, uh, Chris, not that right there. Whoop. Click the same thing. There we go. Let's talk about supporting your local businesses. City limits tap room in the land, Florida. Yes. What do you have to say about City Limits Tap Room at the Lake? Oh, man. You need to check out City Limits Tap Room. You know, we have this uh, pandemic going on, and the state of Florida has been ordered uh, with a stay at home order. City Limits Tap Room is still offering delivery and pickup uh, curbside service for all their food as well as alcohol. You can still buy alcohol as well. I think they've been running some promotions where they've also been giving away free beer. Uh, so definitely make sure you check checking them out. 262. With 2620 North Woodland Boulevard in beautiful D-Land, Florida. I don't know how I would ever forget that. I've said it so many times. But uh, definitely check them out. They are still open for business through this as they are considered uh, essential given that they are a food service. So definitely make sure you check them out. Help support your local business through these tough times. Uh, even if it's just once a week or you know every other week, something, even if it's just once. Just try and help your local businesses, including City Limits Taproom. And what do you think about... Uh... Well, I love three count design. How about you, Chris? Oh man, I love three count design. Uh, if you guys didn't know, three count design actually designed uh, the podcast city network logo. So uh, we definitely uh, have a huge debt of gratitude to three count design and everything they've done uh, with Ashley and her crew over there. A lot of great stuff. Definitely make sure you go check them out uh, with everything going on. She has a lot more time on her hands. So if you wanted to get a new logo made or any kind of branding done, definitely hit up Ashley at three count design. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, at facebook.com backslash three count design. Uh, definitely make sure to check them out. Really great work, as you can see from our network logo. Yeah, definitely right there. Thank you, three count design right there for the logo of Podcasting Network. Definitely, definitely love it, man. Definitely love it. And uh, next week on the Everly Show, next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to have none other than Beyond the Ropes radio host, Ty Asbury, will be mm -hmm. on the podcast. So I don't know what to expect out of that, but it's going to be entertaining <laughs> as always. It always is, ain't it, Chris, here on the Everly Show? It's always entertaining. It's it always entertaining. It's why I keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the crack that everyone needs right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am. Uh, like I said last week Robin Nelson Everett Lee is your entertainment that other guy that Everett Lee looks like um, he's pretty uh, ticked off and he's run and hid from stupid people right now but um, apparently I got an update from him he said uh, 
that profile of his is on quarantine till 2021 and uh oh, geez. he'll 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 be back in 2021 but right now you're stuck with Everett Lee so you gotta you gotta you gotta put up with Everett Lee right now so uh well as long as Everett Lee's liver can keep up with Chris Carnage I think it'll be okay uh you know it buddy you know it buddy because uh Everett Lee already killed two tonight so yeah you should see what I bought at the store today <laughs> my fridge is stocked, locked, ready to go. My well, wife said, "My wife said, wow, you bought that.'" I was like, "Yeah, I got to take care of my priorities and my needs." And she looked at me. She said, "Your needs ain't getting taken care of lately." And I said, "Yeah, they're not getting taken care of." And she looked at me like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." Oh snap! Fuck, <laughs> you didn't get stabbed. And then I don't remember anything after that. I woke up uh, picking myself off the ground, and I had a frying <laughs> pan stuck in the back of my head. So, wonder how that got there. Yeah, yeah. Gotta wonder how that got there, though. But um, I just want to say to everyone that's out there, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading this audio portion of this podcast. Absolutely. And, and uh, that's it. I had my soundboard up, I'd hit the outro music though. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna throw up a logo. Everly signing off. Have a good night and a good weekend. And uh don't go cr- bat shit crazy while you're quarantined. Please, Try not to anyway. Please don't do it because I want you to live and experience Everly. So have a good night and uh keep your chin up. Everything is going to get good. And we'll see you again next week for another episode of the Everett Lee Show. Peace.